Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com, because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 201 for Wednesday, March 17th, 2021. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? How's life treating you? Are you good? You excited? Uh, Episode preceding the 200th episode. Lots of conversations, lots of stories on that one. And, uh, you know, I guess the only way I could think of to to, uh, hook you guys in to come back for this one was uh, was that little cliffhanger, right? You get to hear the rest of the Paul Verzi chat this week. Um, in fact, welcome to anyone. This, some people, this might be your very first episode stumbling into one man podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome, welcome onesies. I hope everyone's doing great, and uh, and I look forward to, to to shooting the shit. Some housekeeping, housekeeping, housekeeping. Before we get started on the episode, um, I. I want to say thank you to all the love we got. We got so many people reaching out, telling me what they thought of the episodes. Uh, so many people just, you know, saying, Hey, congratulations, posting pictures, all that fun stuff. All, all very grateful for that. Thank you so much guys for, for taking the time to reach out. Oh, it's so hard to, to reach off of Mike. I got this, like, I'm like, I'm like, Ooh, I need usually have a pen that I can cross these things out as I talk about them. And I'm like, oh, I just like, like those things where someone's trapped and the key is just two inches beyond their fingers. And I'm like, I can't lean over and get it without having dead air. Instead, I'll waste 15 seconds explaining the situation. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate all the people who, uh, you know, the people who are receiving their boxes and taking pictures, posting those people just sending their congratulations on the, the 200th episode. Super, super grateful. Thank you. Everybody who, uh, who listened to it. Super grateful and, and, uh, enjoy to all the people who have yet to listen to it. It's a long one. And this one, we're going to make sure we keep it much, much shorter. This will, this will not be a three hour episode. I think the episode 199 was also particularly long as well. I just, I went off on a rant at the end and uh, Lord knows I spent an entire day chatting with my, uh, my young pups in New York, just, uh, you know, the same ones I was referring to in episode 199, just some conversation about stuff going on. And it's just so funny to look back at, at, you know, who I was when I was their age, going through the same shit and having no idea you know, what was going on. Oh, and I thought I turned you down, but oh no, that computer's still making noise in the background. Um, how many, he's so funny. Episode 200, the amount of times, even just listening to it, even after editing it, like the amount of email notifications that came in as I was recording, like, and just at the most inopportune times, like, you know, I wasn't like, Oh, I could just cut that sentence out. Like, no, no, that was incredibly important contextual sentence for my, my guest. So I'm like, well, I guess we're just gonna have an email. I, I, the amount of times, even just editing it while I was listening and I heard bling and I'd go look for an email just because it was audio recorded at the time. Uh, anyways, yeah. Thinking back, of course, interruption in the middle of a thought, we almost never got back to it. Um, 
my pups that I was talking to in New York, just me looking back at who I was at the time going through the same problems. It's just, um, you know, Hey guys, we're all just trying to figure out life, right? Mine didn't come with an instruction manual. Yours didn't come with an instruction manual. You know, a lot of, a lot of relationship stuff chatting with these, these, these guys, you know, reflecting on my own and the relationships that I've been in, in my life. And, you know, the overall thing is to just value yourself. Even Verzi, you won't hear that on this episode because I trimmed out that first part. But uh, as I mentioned, episode 200, uh, I started the the episode with, uh, sorry, not the episode. I started the conversation I had with Paul Verzi. And you'll even hear him be like, hey, man, good for you. You know, when you realize your value and da 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 um, I don't, I, I don't know how I left that in, but I was like, I was listening. Oh shit. So I made sure I trimmed that off of this one, but that was just me and him just sort of talking about things and, and whatnot in life, catching up with my buddy and just a little bit of a kudos. And I was like, yeah, eh, thank you again. I, I didn't mean to leave it in. I, I didn't know until I was listening to the episode afterwards. I was like, oh shit, I left that in. Well, I'm not going all the way back to cut out that thing. I'll just, I'll just leave that little kindness from my friend in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the funny thing is I'm going to be having that at the end of this episode. So when you guys are listening to this, it's all going to be seamless. I still, when this is over, I'm trying to do this when I have more energy. Uh, I still have to go through and, and listen to it and still finish cleaning up any, uh, any little bibbets there um, for the episode. So, uh, Verzi chat coming up at the end, guys, that'll be the big headline at the end of this, uh, this episode is to just listen to my chat with Verzi. Uh, another thing someone brought to my attention was on Spotify. So this, this podcast is on Spotify and I've looked at it in the past, but, um, a pair, like there's big gaps missing. So Spotify, I believe is one of those, those, uh, platforms where they only keep like a certain amount of your episodes at, at any given time. At least that's my understanding. Um, but I don't, I'm not missing episodes in the sense that like you can see from like 200 to, you know, most recent to like 170 or something. It's not like it's got like my 30 most recent episodes or something. There's like big pockets. It's got like 200, 199, 198. And then it goes from 198 down to like 192. And it's like, okay, where'd all those ones go? And then it goes like 192 to 184. And you're like, okay, where are all these episodes? So um, I sent emails and Spotify's podcaster support, garbage. Um, so I had to get a hold of my hosting platform, Podbean. And what what Spotify told me, I, I cross-referenced with Podbean. And go, are they right about this? And they're like, they're like, yeah, we looked in some of your episodes. Like, so, okay, little tech story. Okay. I'll make it very quickly. And I'm not a techie guy. So keep in mind, every time I get an email from like my host thing or something else saying, Oh, your files need to be converted. I'm already like, Oh, I got to go do fucking nerd research. And I'm not shaming nerds. It's just techie nerdy shit that makes no sense to me. Right. So when I first started, like I mentioned this on the exclusive episode in, in longer form, more information, give you guys the background, but short version is I record right now on a, on a zoom H six. It's a professional recorder. I record on the zoom and it records the files in dot waves. I think anybody who's ever used a computer in the last 20 years is familiar with wave files. It's a high, high quality, um, large file waves. It's, it, co- it collects the, the data and does a really good job of, of taking all the quality. Um, and then what I do, and I started this like about 15 episodes into the podcast as I, as I put it through a, an audio sort of, uh, well, actually sorry, what I do is I edit the, um, the intro and the little, you know, uh, uh, intro music right into the podcast. And then I throw a song on at the end, YouTube listeners, you don't have that because, uh, copyright laws. So I put all that in and then, and then I save the episode and then I throw it through, uh, a scrubbing program. So when I save it there, it saves it from wave to M I think it's M4V or whatever it is format 
or or AA, I think it's AAC or whatever. I don't know what any of them mean, but it, it goes from the wave file that I put into it into it like an AAC. And then I put it into um uh Auphonic, which is the program that sort of scrubs it. So when I was doing those interviews, sometimes someone would be so quiet on there and it didn't matter how much I jacked up the the audio and the volume, I, I couldn't get them clear. So Auphonic is something that just cleans up my levels. It cleans up their levels. It, it balances everything from the movie and the, or sorry, the music and the intro and all that stuff so that everything just sounds good. And then when it's, when it's done, it, it's, it makes it an MP3 for me and I save that. Well, it didn't always do that. It used to save them as like M4Vs or something like that. And the idea is with Spotify, getting back to the original point is that older episodes were recorded in M4V because that's what you know, Auphonic spit out to me and I was like, fine, it works. Podbean's letting me upload it. So no issue. Then all of a sudden, uh, Podbean sent a thing saying that they're only allowing for like MP3s going forward, probably because MP3s are smaller files and they're storing, you know, infinite amounts of people's podcasts and shit. Totally get it. So now, you know, enter 2021 and someone brings the attention to not all my episodes are available on Spotify. Uh, get a hold of Spotify and they say, you have episodes that are, uh, you know, M4Vs and our files don't support that. And I go, that's fine. The old files are M4Vs. I go, I've been doing MP3s for probably the better part of a year now. And I've got episodes as recently as a month ago that are missing. So why are those MP3 files missing? And they, you know, I, and then they're like, well, you know, they, they just say, well, they're, they're M4Vs. You need to go into your pod, your Podbean and convert them. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I go into Podbean and they, they're all showing as MP3s, the same files that I uploaded. So I get a hold of Podbean. I go, yo, Spotify is saying this. What's the story with that? You know, they're telling me, by the way, these are like my death by a thousand cuts. Like when you're like, what does Josh do with his day? Fucking solve this shit, you know? And it's, it's amazing to me that like the little bit of technology that I have, it's kind of like. You know, yes, I have old files that are M4. Like trying to explain to somebody via email. That's why I hate emails. I hate text messages because you have to phrase your question or your concern uh, or the information you're giving to someone else in such a way that they can't look at it and go, oh, I don't understand. Like these people, it's like they looked at it real quick and went, oh, he's got some MP4, M4Vs in there. Yeah, it's not going to work. Our, our platform only supports MP3s. That's what they said. And I'm like, yes, that's fine. I don't care that my old M4V files are not in there. What about my recent MP3s? So I asked Podbean, they said, yes, it looks like you have M4V files. I go, motherfuckers, you're telling me the same thing as them. The new files that are not M4Vs are like, and this is back and forth emails, right? The new files are not M4Vs. They are MP3s, just like Spotify said, just like you guys said. Why are those not showing up? Why are the MP3 files not showing up on Spotify? And uh, I'm getting frustrated just thinking about it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm supposed to be the dumb customer. They're supposed to be the ones with the answers. Spotify, after getting that, sends me a, oh, yes, you, you bring up a good point. Our text will look into it. And that was a few days ago, nothing. Um, and then I have, uh, I asked uh, Podbean a second time. So this is all like, nobody's giving me the answer correctly the first time. Podbean says, oh, they their, their service does not allow for mixed media, like uh, libraries or whatever. So something I'm going to have to do, and I am going to do it to make the podcast accessible to everyone on all the platforms, especially one as big as Spotify is I need to go back into my files and I need to convert all of them using a different like software, which I'll have to learn to convert all the files into uh, MP3. So all the ones I, all the old ones that I have on my computer that are all M4V or whatever, I need to go back into, uh, 
you know, I need to take those files out of my computer, convert them, and then re-upload those episodes and delete the old ones. That's going to be a task. That is going to be a big task. I am going to do it because uh, I love you guys and I love people who want to listen and if people are trying to find it, they can't find it. That that ain't no good for me. And especially if it doesn't matter if all the new files are MP3s, it's not like, well, they don't keep my whole library anyway, so let's just you know do the recent ones it's clearly affecting the recent ones all these recent mp3 files like i said you can go back two episodes and all of a sudden there's a big one and a half month gap because everything from 197 to like 193 is missing uh, which means my episode 194 with my good friend tasha's not on spotify my episode 196 with my friend izzy which is a great fucking episode not on spotify um so in the meantime in the meantime if you are listening on spotify and something's not there onemanpodcast.com all right, so I, got, I told you about the problem. I'm working on the problem. I also have a solution for you, okay? So check out onemanpodcast.com. You can stream them for free there. Every single episode is there in the meantime. So if you're looking for one that's missing, that's where you'll find it until I get it done. And obviously keep yourselves tuned in One Man Podcast. I will let you know when I complete that process, all right? So that's some of the stuff I'm working on. What else, guys? Last uh, week, I told you that I was going to go record something for Just for Laughs at uh, Yuck Yuck's new location. So that's what I did. That show was much better than the one on Sunday. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, uh, I, f- I got to hang out with my buddy Nick Carter, uh, not the Backstreet Boy, uh, my buddy who I haven't seen in years. Uh, great comic, was was really like... Super into comedy uh, when I started. Gave me a lot of great notes, a lot of great perspectives. Um, you know, scared the shit out of me at times with the industry and just things, you know, things to do, things not to do. But but, uh, but a good dude. Um, I actually went on a plane for the very first time that... I, apparently, I was on a plane when I was one years old. I don't remember it. But, but I got to go on a plane for the very first time in my life uh, back in 2013 to go to his wedding in Vegas. It was the furthest I'd ever been from home. It was the first time I was ever on a plane. Uh, I got to go with Jason, uh, my roommate Simon, my roommate Al. We were in Vegas for a week. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and so, you know, and since that time, I haven't really seen him a whole heck of a lot. He got married, you know what I mean? And as people do, they, they move on and, and, you know, got to work hard on the things that are uh, important. So, um, I, he just told me that he's starting to get back into it, which is great news. There are two people that left the industry since I started and, uh, that it was just like, fuck, like there's a lot of people to leave, but sometimes like a few of them were like shit those guys were funny they had a lot of talent and it's a shame um nick was one of the two that that come to mind and now that he's doing it again i feel good feel good very excited for him and excited to have him back in the scene uh his set was great that night i made a mistake in one of my jokes and we're recording right so like it's almost like a big punch at the end of one of my jokes and um I, I just, I said this line, the line is supposed to be, I would rather die a man than live as a monster. And I said, I'd rather live a man than die as a monster or something like that. Or, you know, something I got it wrong. I got it wrong. So unfortunately I come off stage. I'm like, I even said the line. And then I immediately say afterwards, I'm like, I think I got that backwards, you know, crowd laughed or whatever. But, uh, I come off stage and the, the, the just for laughs, uh, you know, producer, whatever was like, he's like, you know what we can do is we can do another take after the show. And I was like, oh, that's fine. Like I can go up and say it into the mic and we'll record it. You know, I, I, they, they were talking about boosting the laughs for everybody in post-production anyways. So I was like, yeah, I'll just say the line. And then he's like, oh no, we're going to get you to do it on in front of the audience. 
at the end of the show. And it was like, oh, fuck. Like, like a kid at a talent show who like tried to do it, fucked up, runs crying off stage. And then the teachers are all like, guys, we're going to give Billy another chance. Okay. He's going to sing his song. I want everyone to be supportive this time. So I was just like, oh, and I even like, I even went back on stage afterwards. Here's the funny thing too. I'm waiting to get this nightmare over. I literally walk on back and say, guys, we've got a little edit we're going to do here. Uh, someone messed up a line. We're going to do it again. So let's give them all love. And I, I, uh, like I'm waiting. The, the last act went long. Not going to say his name. Um, I don't know him personally. I know who he is. We've said hello to each other in passing, but we, I don't even think we've ever had a conversation together. And, uh, and he is dating a good friend of mine too. So, uh, but, but he went long. And, uh, quite long. And I might even be just, this might just be bothering me only because I'm standing there waiting to get this excruciating, go back and record this line over with. And I had to wait 10 minutes longer because this, this guy did 20 minutes when he was supposed to do 10. So it's just like, oh dude, come on, man. Come on. Maybe he didn't even know I was coming up after. Maybe he just thought that was it. And fuck it. I, I don't know. But I just, I just remember standing at the side of the stage, excruciating, just get it over with, get it over with. Let me get this fucking over with. Um, so that was the only thing. And then I go up and I'm just like, Hey guys. Yeah, I fucked up. Here you go. Live recording, huh? I'm that. I'm gonna say the line. And then I think I just kind of went like, blah, 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 blah. Like I literally said the one line. I'm like, I even, yeah, even considered blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, no, I think I'd rather die a man than live as a monster. And then I do this big, like throw my hands up ta-da and they all laugh and it's like <laughs> i think they were even really like so like what do we do do we laugh at the joke or what? i'm just like <laughs> anyways i even said the guy who had to go that was so horrible i had to wait the whole show by the way too to do that i could have just left and been happy with it and instead i'm just waiting the whole show i was first by the way i was first up so i waited through everybody's set which was nice i got to hear everybody and you know enjoy but wait through the entire fucking show to go blah 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 embarrassingly and then leave anyways uh way better setup than it was on sunday and i had way more fun than i did on sunday uh so all's well that ends well but i am very glad to get that over with and and uh, i mentioned that yuck yucks is moving location so i will say that today prior to recording this episode um i did go and give them a hand uh, pack in the truck several comedians went to give them a hand pack in the truck so that was nice to kind of hang out with some comics and say hi to everybody and you know help them move so they don't know the new location is just yet but Everything is in storage, and apparently they've already been looking for uh, a new location. So when I have more to share with you on that, I will. Um, but but cool seeing my friends. I got to see my buddy Mike LeBlanc, who I haven't seen in a while. Uh, just again, quarantine. Um, Mikey is, of course, the guy who came with me to L.A. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can hear me and him record, a, you know, talk about our, our experience in Los Angeles. That was Fuck, I couldn't even tell you what what uh, episode number. But that was a while back. Good times with Mikey. Good to see him. Uh, what else have I got here? I've color-coded my, uh, my, my, what do you call it? What the hell do you call it? It's clipboard. Jesus, I'm scatterbrained. Uh, I've done color-coding. I try because I, I write notes down as I think of them, but sometimes some things co- you know coincide with others. And um, you just go like, you know what? I, I don't know what goes with what. So now I've got like five different color highlighters and I highlight the things in the same color that kind of go together to make sure that I get all of those before I move on. Um, really cool thing to plug. I'm very excited to do. I've been watching promos for it for a long time and uh and this then the, the the timelines match up now my buddy tim riel another comedian very funny guy uh he hosts uh a game called uh a game a channel whatever whatever the proper terminology is he hosts a, an online game show called codenames live so codenames is a very very popular board game by cge and they uh or sorry tim has off has asked me if i'd like to to be on it 
and I'm very excited to be on it. Uh, in fact, the person who I played the most code names with Jason, of course, my, my roommate, uh, Jay's going to be my partner for it. And, uh, we're playing against another couple guys who are in media here in Ottawa. So that's actually taking place on March 22nd at 8 PM Eastern. Uh, so figure out what time 8 PM Eastern is in your time zone. And you can watch tune in to twitch.tv slash Tim T I M underscore real R I E L. Okay. Twitch.tv slash Tim underscore real. And that's, uh, that's the channel to watch code names live. Uh, it's gonna be fun. It's a great game. If you haven't heard of it or, or seen it, check it out. It's really cool word association game. Um, but fun, fun, fun. And of course it's comedians and people like that. So it'll be like, you know, half playing the game, half busting each other's balls. Uh, the setup visually is really cool. So you're not going to be, you're not looking at like some camera over his shoulder and people in the way it's uh, very interactive, very uh, cutting edge technology, really, really cool to watch. I'll be sharing some promo, uh, on the Instagram feed, uh, as Tim puts it out as he always does. So, uh, be sure to check that out. As a matter of fact, um, I think it's Thursday or Tuesday that we do it. March 22nd. Oh, if only I had checked beforehand. That's the charm of my podcast. The 22nd is Monday. Okay. So we got a Monday that'll be coming up a Monday. This is your last time hearing about it, the podcast, but keep an eye on the Instagram and you'll be able to see uh, what's what I believe that Tim does an episode on Thursdays as well. So if you wanted to see what it looks like before the episode that I'm on, you can check it out on Thursday at 8 PM as well. Twitch.tv slash Tim Riel. Looking forward to that. And I'll tell you guys, of course, how that goes and you can watch live. And there's a, there's a chat too on Twitch, which means that you can interact live with us as we're playing. So that should be fun for you guys. Would definitely love to have you there. Uh, yeah. And that's that. Okay. What else have I got here? I did a spot at absolute comedy. Okay. On Saturday night, because my buddy, Joey Elias, great friend of mine, uh, asked me if I could do uh, like a little 10 minute uh, video for a charity show that he's doing. So I think he's getting a bunch of comics to send some stuff in. Um, so I did a spot at absolute comedy on Saturday night. I got to see my buddy, Jason Blanchard as well, who was hosting my friend, Jeff McKay, who's headlining. And, uh, it's interesting because like, I don't have a ton of video equipment. Obviously this is still not a video podcast. I'm thinking about doing it guys, but with video comes editing lots and lots of editing. And that's basically what I'm talking about here is I, I don't have any, like I have my phone and I have a good phone. I have the iPhone 11 pro with the three cameras or whatever. So it's pretty, pretty gosh, pretty gall darn good show. Let me tell you, it takes good, uh, takes good pictures. So, um, I am, uh, I am uh, trying to figure out, or I was trying to figure out like, okay, how am I going to record this? When Joey Elias asked me, I'm like, I, I just, I can record a set. I go, is it cool if I do it at a comedy club? He's like, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure quite what he wanted by a video, but he said, yeah, that's fine. So I was like, okay, I'll bring my phone to record the video. And then I brought my zoom recorder, the one I'm recording the podcast on to put on the, the stool and stage and try to record the sound. And funny enough, I guess the angle or the mic that I used on the zoom, cause I don't usually use the ones that attach to it. I kind of attach my own mics here, you know, and get the quality of sound that I want. Um, I tried to do like, oh, maybe it'll get me and the crowd. Anyways, long story short is I'm like, I'm going to record on my phone. So I'll have audio there. Uh, and the video I'm going to record the audio on the stage. And I'm like, and that should be enough. And whichever audio is better, I'll just splice on over top of this and I'll try to, you know, edit it and make it sound good. Blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, there was a gentleman there who's recording one of my buddies, uh, his set, they were working on a project, which I'll plug in just a moment. And I just said to him, Hey man, if you're recording anyways, could I trouble you to, to, you know, record my set afterwards as well and send it to me? Like I may need a couple angles for this thing. Maybe your, your thing will look better. 
And, uh, and he was great. He was great. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, his name was Scott Brown. Uh, there's a middle name there. Sorry, Scotty. Don't know what it was, but, uh, but Scott, uh, was, was great. Scott actually spent, uh, a good portion of the last couple of years working on a documentary about COVID, uh, called comedy 19. Okay. And it's, uh, it's basically like what are comedians and, and entertainers and stuff doing with, with lockdown and quarantine since the industry is basically messed up. You can actually watch that movie for free at comedy 19 movie.com. Okay. Um, and the, the company that did it, Scott's company called one last shot productions. So if you want to see a movie, I haven't watched it yet, but I actually plan on doing it this evening after I'm done getting the podcast ready is, uh, is just watching this movie is following a lot of, um, a lot of the up and coming comedians here in Ottawa. So, uh, and, and some abroad as well, he's got a couple big names on there. Um, but, but I would say predominantly it's a lot of kind of up and coming comedians. Um, I'm excited to watch it because the guy seems very professional and, uh, you know, hardworking. So it's just a matter. I'm just curious to see kind of what, what the documentary is about. You can check it out for free. Like I said, comedy 19 movie.com. Uh, and the, the, the documentary is called comedy 19, you know, like COVID 19, but comedy dash 19. Um, so check that out guys, something, some free content for you. And, and if you're curious, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, there's, there's someone else who's sort of taken, uh, take care of that. Um, some personal stuff this week. I finished a game called uncharted three. Uh, you know, one of the days where I just killed a few hours, I played uncharted three uncharted three is just another kind of Indiana Jones, tomb Raider kind of game. Uh, the story in it is not particularly good. In fact, the story in any of them has not been particularly good. And it's almost like it's the same story every time they're like, oh, we got to find this lost ancient city that, you know, supposedly doesn't exist or whatever. And then they finally find it. Here's the funny thing. They find these cities and they're always like open, like they're always huge and open to the sky. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure a city this big that's open to the sky someone would have flown over it or flown past it or seen it before. Like if they were underground buried, you know, like the, the cave of wonders in Aladdin, it's like the city buried underground. I'm like, well, that makes sense that you never found it. It was, it was hidden. But in all of these uncharted games, by the time they find the city, there, there's big, luscious, green, beautiful things in the middle of the desert. Right. And it's like, well, someone would have flown over this or past it, or it would have shown up on a red. It's open. It's open. You know, a few mountains surrounding, it doesn't hide it for centuries. Anyways, and then this one here, like the plot was basically Batman Begins, where it's like, oh, we found this water supply that makes everyone scared. And if everyone's living in fear, then you're, you know, just destroy the world by, by poisoning everyone with fear water. I'm like, that's, that's the plot of Batman Begins. They put the fucking fear drug in the water and then they're going to vaporize it. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Anyways, um, they're, they're really just fun jumping off mountains and lots of great action scenes. Like if you like nonsensical action that has no plot associated, uh, basically anyone who's into the fast and the furious, um, except they, they don't say, uh, the amount of stupid throwaway lines, like, you know, and there's not as many bald guys like Vin Diesel, the rock, Jason Statham. Like there's just not constant bald dudes saying dumb things. Um, so you might not like uncharted if, if you're really into the fast and the furious uh, series. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like, okay. Like if you take your keys out to go to your car, right? You're a Fast and Furious fan and you, you, you like driving, obviously Fast and the Furious, right? If, if, if you have the mentality, you know, like when you take your keys out to go to your car, but they jingle when they come out of your pocket and you go, <laughs> cause that's your mentality. And that's why you like the Fast and the Furious movies. Like then this game's probably not for you because they do use multisyllabic words. Um, basically if you like the Fast and Furious movies, you're stupid is what I'm saying. Um, but I know that that went over your head and that's why I dumb it down. Because you like the fast version. Um, 
But you play video games, Josh. You're a loser. Sure, I'll wear it. I don't give a fuck. You're still stupid if you like the Fast and Furious movies. If honestly, God, like if you're if you're somebody who when they announce that the the what are they on the nineteenth one or something? Um, if they announce you're like, oh fuck yeah, fuck yeah, man, another Vroom Vroom Pow Pow movie coming out there, bud. Fuck, let's check it out, man. Fucking Fast and the Furious or whatever. Fucking, you know how long it took me to fucking learn the word Furious to go fast and for for fucking whatever fast and faster you know that's what they should have called it just fast and faster is there even any nudity in those movies like you'd think they would have to <laughs> or it's like you know maybe they didn't put any nudity in the fast and the furious movies because if you weirdos got an erection like you know you'd, you'd need an adult around to explain to you what was happening to you and your biology like what's happening in my pants <laughs> well you see um Anyways, Uncharted is stupid, uh, but if you like Fast and the Furious and you're ready to graduate to something a little more, um, Uncharted, yeah. What an asshole you are, Josh. What an asshole. What if there's good people that like Fast and the Furious? I've never met one. I've never met one. And I would say that they are just as rare as these cities that are undiscovered and exposed to the sky. Okay. Um, What else did I do? Uh, like I said, I, I chatted with my little New York pups. I spent almost an entire day. Like I was doing other shit, but we were, we were in a, like a, like a, I guess a group chat or something like that. And it was just like, Hey, uh, you know, we were chatting about some, some stuff. One of the boys feeling a little blue, little blue, not in the balls, just blue in the heart. And, uh, we were just chatting about, Hey man, you know, that's the thing too, right? I'm not going to go back into a big, long relationship chat. Um, but that's the thing, man. When you, when you're in a relationship with a shitty person and, uh, how to make this short and sweet. A lot of times we end up with people who never wanted to be in a relationship. Okay. They told us what we wanted to hear and we believed that, yeah, I want to be with you, but, but they don't. And the problem is, is that that does such damage because, and, and, and when they're in that relationship, they got to start finding ways to, to get out of it. And because they don't have the accountability to say, Hey, I didn't want to be in this. I just wanted what I wanted, but I also can't just be like, yo, I'm a shit person, right? They don't have that level of accountability and I'm just oversimplifying it. They go, Hey, look, uh, there's something missing in me and I tried to get it out of you. And as soon as I realized that I couldn't get it out of you, I didn't want to be here anymore, but. I couldn't just be like, yo, and there's the thing too. Sometimes people will just make things so shitty so that you'll break up them and they can wash their hands of the accountability. And the problem is, is that the other person who was, was interested in being relationship, was committed, was honest, was loyal. That person listens to what that person says. Like, oh, you're too clingy. You're too needy. Oh, you get like reasons. Oh, you can't, you couldn't handle me. Oh, I just don't think that you'd be able to handle my crazy or whatever it is. It's like, don't put that on me. You know what I mean? Don't tell me that I don't, I, I, I like your brain internalizes. So when the relationship's over, you go like, well, they said this to me and they said that, and there's all these conflicting messages and you're, you're internalizing it, trying to go like, well, what did I do wrong? And what should I have done differently? It's like, listen, you can't, your brain can't solve this problem because it's not true. Right? Like when they tell you you're too needy, but at the same time, they seem to want you to be there the second they want you. Well, you're super needy. You know what I mean? And you're telling me I can't handle you and, and shit like that. So it's like, when you're sitting there in pain and like, what did I do wrong? And why wasn't I good enough? It's like, listen, it's not on you. This was never on you. You didn't lie. 
You didn't say you wanted something that you didn't want. You know what I mean? Like you didn't blame the other person every time that you got insecure or whatever, or, or whatever. Like, I mean, it's, it's just sad, man. There's so many people getting hurt by people that, that are hurting themselves, but just instead of looking inwards, they go out and they hurt other people. You know what I mean? They use other people and don't have the fucking balls to come forward and and say like, look, something's wrong with me. You were good. And, and I didn't deserve you. And I, I need to go fix my own shit. Instead, they're like, I got to get out of this. I don't want this person. I got to get out of here. How do I do it? I can't just break up with them because then I'm an asshole and I'm not the problem. Right? So they got to find things in the other person to try to blame. And then you do that person such a disservice because they fucking, they turn around walking away, feeling even worse about themselves. Right? Oh, I fucked up. I'm to this. I'm broken. You're not, man. You want to do a relationship, man or woman, I will say. It's not specifically man, just the person I'm thinking, of course. It's like, it's not your fault. You you did what you were trying to do. And if, if that doesn't work for the other person, then just have them say, you know what? Nothing wrong with you. Just doesn't work for me. Not what I'm looking for. Own it. Don't try to make it about the other person because they will carry that shit around. They will walk around devaluing themselves. They're going to be trying to figure out this bullshit puzzle that you've given them. And it's not their fault. Not every situation is like this, of course, but, but some anyways, spent a, a good day listening to somebody's pain and, and trying to say like, look, it, it, it's not your fault. And you're, you're being stuck in your head and your heart is your, your brain and your heart are trying to figure out something that's, that it's not to be figured out. You're, you're using the things that that person told you, but here's the problem. What they told you isn't true. So of course you can't figure this, this thing out because it's, you're, you're working with broken pieces. You're working with puzzle pieces that don't fit together. So as soon as you realize, look, it wasn't on you, there's nothing wrong with you. And the last thing you should do is grab this, throw it in your mental baggage and carry it with you for years. This person never wanted you. I'm sorry. Not saying they didn't care about you, but they definitely didn't love you because they don't even love themselves. They used you and you were loyal. You, you were ready to be a part of it. It's just, they, they, it was never, it was never going to happen. You didn't do something to fuck it up. It was never going to happen. And that's, that's a sad thing. Uh, that's a sad thing in life. Sometimes, sometimes you meet those people. Sometimes those people even start to believe that like, whoa, everyone's like this. Cause I keep finding people like that. It's like, no, 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 it's, they're not. Everyone's like that. You just got to learn to value yourself. Right. Cause if you just wait to whoever's going to pick you up as is, ugh, you know what I mean? You don't want that. You don't want someone to just come around and go, oh, I'll just, I'll take whatever I can get. Cause that, you know, it's like finding a pet that's sniffing around your garbage. Oh, this thing wants my trash. Bring it in the house. Mm-hmm. You might regret that. You might regret that. I would, I would go down and find something that, uh, sniffs garbage and turns its nose up at it. You know, I would never want to join any club that would have me as a member. All right. Did I talk enough about this? I think I did. Um, I went to have a little, uh, breakfast with my mom. She was, uh, getting, no, this was a, this was definitely, we're going to go for a little, uh, little retail therapy, right? Just do a little bit of shopping. We were disappointed by the state of affairs of the bed, bath and beyond that we went to normally you go to bed, bath, and there's all sorts of cool little odds and ends and things like that. And, and products you never thought that you would want until you saw them. You didn't even know existed. Uh, and this one was like 80% bedding. Um, which you would think from the title, but, but it was just, it was actually like the most pathetic walkthrough of Bed Bath. I used to go to HomeSense and then HomeSense just became like way too, way too much pet stuff and pillows. And you're like, oh, remember when they used to have like other things here? 
you know, like the, the kitchen section was much larger. The, uh, decorative stuff was much more. Now it's just like a bunch of fucking, uh, pet stuff and old board games and pillows. Like it's just, I don't know. It's, I know COVID's hurt a lot of things, but I just stopped going to home since I was like, it's way too overpriced and I don't even find cool shit anymore. It's all just like pet stuff. Um, which I know for certain demographics, like your pet is your everything, but fuck, it used to be a store where a lot of people go enjoy. Now it looks like it's very, you know, niche. Um, so I went through bed bath and bed bath gave me that vibe and I'm like, okay, like it's fine. It's COVID, whatever, you know, can't win them all. It's also March, you know, no real big holidays around this season. They were like, oh, we're getting new stuff in every day. I'm like, oh, relax. I go, you don't need to defend this. This is pathetic. <laughs> so. I, I just was saying to my mom, like, you know, two or three more trips to bed bath like this, and I'm going to fucking blackball it like home sense. But uh, we had breakfast, which was nice. And we got, we had, we were full. Like it was a big breakfast. So both of us were just like, ugh, I haven't done a lot of walk around. So we walked through like oh, bed bath for like half an hour after eating this big breakfast. We we're both like, I could sit for a bit. <laughs> my, my, my mom suggested, she's like, yeah, let's just sit and get a coffee and, you know, relax for a bit. We're going to go through Costco. And she's like, I'm going to need to sit for a bit. So we sat in the car and I got my mom into Breaking Bad recently. So we sat and watched an episode of Breaking Bad on my phone. Got a big screen, big screen on the phone. So we, we watched an episode of Breaking Bad, had a, had a coffee. And then, uh, and then I went to Costco, returned something. And I'm like, you know what? I'm good to skip Costco if you are. And she's like, yeah. So skip and Costco. It's what we did. It's what we did. Um, and then, uh, and then I picked up a cigar that afternoon, which I promptly smoked right before the podcast. We went and moved yucks. I came back. This weather was sunshiny today. I sat in the back porch, had a cup of coffee, smoked a cigar, a Cuban, cause they're legal here. I'd smoke a Cuban in the States too, but, uh, a la cafe. So, uh, yeah, that's what we did the other night. I'll tell you guys, uh, two little things before we just kick it over the verse thing. Where are we at now? 36 minutes. Fuck. Wow. I guess when I have more energy, it feels like uh, less of a, a trudge. Um, we had a, I guess the other night I'm trying to remember what night it was Friday or something like that. Um, my roommate Simon had a few of his friends over and then Jason went down and joined them. The, I guess they were just playing some games or whatever downstairs. And at one point they're like, Josh, Josh, you're here. Josh, come down, come down. Da, da, da. So I ended up, you know, pouring myself just a, just a wee, wee glass of whiskey went down and I ended up there, but everybody was like everybody, the loudest ones were drunk and holy shit. There's nothing more annoying than having like a full blown drunk, having a conversation with you. They won't let you out of the conversation. I'm sitting there and I just kept trying to end it. I kept looking away and I was like, yeah, you're right. Yep. For sure. And Cause you know, like, blah, blah, and they just keep repeating like, fuck, I do it when I'm sober, but, but I can also read body language guys. This was, was just brutal, brutal. And I was just like, I gotta, you know, gotta go. I was like, it, it was like impossible to get it in. And I'm like, I'm like, this game's almost over. Can we just go back to the game and finish the game? You know, just blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, fuck. So it was nice. I got to meet, uh, see a couple of people I haven't seen in a long time. Um, I definitely stayed away from everybody's. That's the thing with drunks too. They want to get right in your face and talk to you. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. And then it just got too much like drunks talking and then confrontational drunk versus other drunk. And I'm like, I am going to ninja bounce. Uh, they go ahead and get each other in their crosshairs and I will slip out when no one's paying attention. So that was, that was <laughs> one of my evenings. Yeah. Riveting stuff. <laughs> 
I, um, I'm going to kick it over to the, uh, the Verzi chat. All right. I don't really have anything else. We don't have, uh, coming up this week. There's nothing yet. You know, there, I'm sure there will be. I'll wake up tomorrow thinking, you know what? I don't have anything on the docket today. And there will, um, this, this, um, uh, what was I going to say? This charity show, um, Scott, who I mentioned has his, has his documentary there. He uh, sent me, uh, his, his footage that night. So he recorded me. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to blend my recording, his recording and the audio file I took from stage together and make a nice little, uh, video for the, the charity show. Um, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna let you guys hear the Verzi chat. I'm excited for you guys to hear that. Just a nice chat with my buddy. Um, and I was going to have it be the headline thing, but like, you know, three hours and some in, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be, and it's a great way to, to, you know, to bleed over into episode 201, get you to come back after all that fanfare. So, um, I, uh, I chatted with Verzi, so I'm just going to tell you guys again, Paul Verzi is a good friend of mine. Great comic. Um, the, the interview that I did with Paul a few years back was quite literally the day after he recorded his record-breaking special for Comedy Central. I'll say this. Um, Paul is a very accomplished comedian. He's a good buddy of mine. He recorded a special in Terrytown, New York. Um, and I had asked him a couple of days before I headed down, like, hey, dude, are you, would you be interested? I, I just thought to myself, there's no way he's going to say yes to this. You know, he's going to be busy. How many people are going to want to chat with him, you know, and do podcasts with him and stuff like that? You know, right after he records a special, everyone's going to, you know, want to chat with him. But I was like, you know what? If I don't ask, I'm trying to be courteous of him and his time, but I'm like, you know what? If I don't ask and he would have said yes, I'll, I'll hate myself. So I just said, hey, buddy, just out of curiosity, would you be interested in recording a podcast like, you know, the next day or something like that? I'll be in town. And he was like, absolutely, dude. Yeah, for sure. Bring your stuff. So, um, so Paul was like, yeah, I got to do some stuff during the day, but, uh, you know, in the, in the evening, why don't you come over for dinner and, and we'll, uh, we'll record the podcast. So, um, I went over there, uh, Kamar, my roommate came with me at the time. So we saw the recording together. We went to our Airbnb, uh, you know, next day we got up and we killed some time in Jersey and then, uh, went to see Paul in the evening. So, um, in the beginning of this chat, so like, so quite literally that, that other recording happened, uh, the day after his special, the day after a bunch of, bunch of stuff, you know, was, was in the books for him. Um, and at the beginning of this chat, I was talking with him because after that, that recording, we sat out in his back deck um, and we had some whiskey, we smoked a cigar and we just sort of chatted for him. It was cool because it was just a little bookend and all the hard work he'd been doing and just a little break. They think his, him and his wife and kids were about to take like a week vacation, which is like all this work leading up to the special special recorded, take some time. And I was like, great, absolutely. And he was just chatting with me. He was like, yeah, I think, I think I want to call it undeniable. And I, I chat with it chat with him about this. And the, the, the first part of the conversation, I was like, yeah, I want to ask you, why did you decide not to go with undeniable? And he says his end, uh, I'll let you guys hear it to, to hear chat about it, but just, so that's where it starts off with is, is the conversation that we had right after we recorded the, the long interview that you guys can hear. You can go back to August of 2017 and, uh, and, and hear that, that chat with Paul Verzi, um, who's, you know, in the last few years, just even more accomplished than ever, uh, with all the things he's got going on. But, um, I, uh, I'm going to throw it to that guys. You can hear Paul, 
on the Verzi effect. That's his podcast. Uh, you can see a special in the States. You can see a special on comedy central. It's called, I'll, I'll say this it's streaming on comedy central. Um, and he's also got a podcast that's called gun to your head, uh, that he does on Patreon. He'll have a, a big guest on and the two of them, you know, they'll bring something, they'll bring two things to the table. One of them's got to go permanently and they discuss that. Uh, that's a Patreon thing. And then of course he's got a podcast called anything better. That's, uh, I believe it's available on YouTube. It's him and Bill Burr. The two of them are very, very close. Um, and they just talk about, you know, they basically just talk about shooting the shit and whatever it is. Paul and, and Bill have a great dynamic together. But, um, you know, if you guys enjoy this chat with Verzi, there's tons of different places where you can get free content. We get some paid content. Um, and, and he's there for you. So, um, you guys enjoy this chat. The last time you and I chatted on the podcast would have been right after I'll say this. What made you decide to not go with undeniable? Undeniable meaning for the name of for the name of what the special? the special yeah we had a cigar and a, and a scotch uh in your backyard and you're like i think an undeniable yeah uh this is before I, we named it oh yeah yeah you were talking about like i'm thinking of names but i'm thinking undeniable you know it's funny because i feel like that's the word that everybody uses right that's the word that 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 steve martin uses i remember when i would work with big comics and everybody just knows like when you get undeniable for the industry and they have to say yes even if they don't want to but I think for the first one out of the gate, I, I didn't want to come across as arrogant. I knew that the work was going to be there, and I knew that the special was going to be what we what I wanted. I, I just I, I knew with the tapings, especially the second one, which I knew that we got it. But I felt like saying undeniable out of the gate could already – I didn't want people to start off – and my personality, Josh, to mm. be honest – I didn't want people to start out with, oh, really? You know, arms crossed. Right. You know, you're sitting back with your arms crossed going, okay, this kid's talking shit out of the gate. And then it almost it almost makes them look for an excuse to go, well, that I didn't find that. So what I wanted to do was I kind of wanted the first one to be like, if you remember, if you remember the movie Rocky One, when he did it in 76, he's this no-name guy that they literally picked out of a book to fight the champion. The American dream is we're going to give a nobody a shot. Not saying that I was a nobody, but I was kind of an unknown coming up. If you were a real comedy nerd, you knew me, but it wasn't to the level that until when I'll say this came out and, right. and then the podcast came out stuff. So at the end of, towards the end of the fight in Rocky one or the middle of the fight, he's getting his ass kicked, but then he just hits Apollo with a hard right. And the movie changed and Apollo felt it and it was like, oh, so I kind of wanted to be not under the radar, but like watch what, you know, I got a little bit of a, I got a little bit of a punch that I want these people to see. And so I feel like if I would have come out with undeniable out of the gate, it would have been something where um, I really like people's, I didn't want you to have your defense up before my set. So right. I think talking to the team it was like yeah i really think that the show was great but let's just go with you know i'll say this it's just me talking and we'll see and 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 that was kind of the reasoning more from that's it because my personality isn't that like listen i definitely talk some shit i mean you know that we you know i talk a little <laughs> bit of shit but i didn't want to come out like conor mcgregor shit talking with the first one 
Right. It's funny. It's funny. Like, and I remember you saying that. I remember you saying that you're like, I'm worried. And part of me, like, and again, I, I'm maybe I'm romanticizing it. Cause I'm, I, I dude, I, I love watching you. I try not to bother you unless I actually need to bother you. I just enjoy sitting back and watching this success. It warms my heart. My big thing is like, I love just when you were like undeniable. Part of me is like, I go with that, like that motivational thing. Cause you know, I mean, you know, better than I do in the business where it's like the people will come at you for having success, for working hard, right? Because people just see the end result. They don't know how hard you worked, how much you grinded, everything like that. I still refer to that. You drove 16 hours for a three-minute set. You know what I mean? I still refer to that. Like they, people don't see that. They just see the end thing. And they go, man, eh, this guy, this guy got this or got that. So I, I get all that. But I was yeah. like, but I love the idea. This is what I love. This was the romanticizing of the name Undeniable. Was that to me? I'm like, it almost, it almost was a perfect representation of you, but not in a shit talking way is that the advice you gave me and the advice that I heard you giving other comics was always like, you can't expect anything in this business until you become undeniable. Right. And so for that to have been like your breakthrough, because you, I don't even know these people, but I know that guys like Burr, anyone came out, yo, Verzina, like, are you kidding me? You guys just launched anything better, which is literally a celebration of the positivity that you are. Where it's like, dude, Dude, anything better than this? Dude, how great was that? Like, you are such a positive, encouraging person. You know uh, what I mean? Uh, no, I appreciate that. And, and from that standpoint of anything better, I mean, um, uh, undeniable, I do get it. It's like it, I had to get undeniable to get that. Um, and it was definitely something to think about, but I just wanted the work to be the undeniable part and yeah. leave that to, to, to them. But I totally get that. And I appreciate the kind words, you know, for me, uh, Josh, to be honest, uh, to be honest with you, I feel like what's the alternative to to not being positive. Am I going to just be like some curmudgeon? Am I going to be somebody that like tells a comic, Hey man, well, you might not make it. And there are guys out there. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, this is all luck or that person just got this cause of that, or that person got lucky, man. So-and-so happened to what they don't realize is, um, luck and opportunity all have to be met with talent and hard work. Yeah. It all needs to, that's the thing. It all needs to come together. So yes, you might have gotten lucky because a big agent or manager or somebody in industry walked into the comedy club and saw you have a great set. Yes, there is definitely good timing with that. But if the work is not put in, that industry person or that agent or manager could walk in and watch you shit the bed or like watch you not be prepared or watch the material kind of suck. You know, your presence isn't good. You're not in the performance. So those things need to meet. That opportunity of somebody great. Now, when I opened for Bill Burr in 2005, when I didn't know him, and it was his first real weekend of like Opie and Anthony tickets coming in and Bill selling stuff, there's 406 people was capacity at Rascals in Jersey. And I'm scared out of my mind. I'm a comic that's like five years in, six, not even yet, about six years in. But out of those six years, probably only like three really going hard. And Bill wasn't even there for the set. He was downstairs. He heard me murdering mm -hmm. and it made him, it piqued his interest to watch me again. So if I was not funny, not prepared, and all of a sudden I'm just some guy that comes and goes that didn't spark something in him. You know, there's a story. Nate Borgazzi was at the stand and Jimmy Fallon walked in and guess what? Jimmy Fallon's clean and he likes clean. Nate's clean. Yep. So Jimmy happened to walk into the stand. Nate's on stage killing clean. And guess what? Nate, he hit up Nate eight months later saying like, I'd like to do a show with you. 
like you know and they did like a pilot you know now if nate wasn't working was it was just kind of you know really you know i'm gonna be clean i believe that you put that out into the universe so I believe that. I believe that if you are putting the heart, I used to be a door knocker, right? For phone, mm-hmm. cable, internet. And uh, I would knock doors in Queens, dude, at dinner time. I was knocking on people's doors and being in their lobbies in Manhattan selling phone, cable, and high speed internet in like 2001, 2002 ish. I would be interrupting people's dinner. It was a really hard job. And you would have to tell these people, what's your phone bill? What's your cable bill? While these people are, are, are fucking cooking dinner. You know, and I'm sitting there trying, well, I'll make your bills less, right? And there was this thing where it was like, when you want to go home and you're tired, and I'm like a 21-year-old kid, literally, and I'm going, when you want to go home tired, just knock 10 more doors. Yes. Knock 10. When it's time to go home, it's 8 o'clock and you've been out there, because you usually would get to the office 11 or 12 noon, you'd have a meeting, you'd have lunch, you'd get your stuff, you'd have a plan, and then you'd go out into the field from like, let's say four to eight knocking doors three thirty to eight yeah you know what at eight o'clock when i'm gonna pack my shit and get my car and go back to my apartment and go to sleep get to dinner whatever i'm gonna do let me just knock 10 more when i did that my sales went through the roof so the people that didn't succeed at that job were the same people in comedy that don't succeed i believe there's a certain person that is just like you know and it all sounds corny and cliche these are all things that like the leadership books say these are all things but they that work they work they, man and there's a reason why it's repeated and the reason why it's repeated is it's like put in the work don't use it as an excuse uh, in stand up to drink and do drugs cuz i i've seen guys do that talented guys that are just alcoholics because this job you don't have to be up in the morning so why not have a few but guess what your writing goes down and all that goes down so um what you said, I really appreciate, but I don't understand not being positive when we're all going to fucking die. You know, <laughs> I, spoiler I alert. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. yeah, no, I get it. There's a comic that I, uh, I really admire who, uh, who I heard, uh, say once that, uh, failure to prepare is preparing to fail. That's my favorite. Uh, yes. It's you. I heard you say that, buddy. John, John Wooden, man. That's John Wooden's thing. Dude, yeah. You go in prepared to the, you go into the fight prepared and it's going to work out a lot better than if you just go, ah, we'll see what happens. And it goes to show the type of work and, and, and who wants it for sure. And it's funny too. Like, I think the reason I wanted to tell that story is not so much that like, oh, I think that the name should have been undeniable. But the reason I brought it up is just for, again, because, and I, and it's kind of cool to see because your, your career has been so great lately i'm gonna kiss your ass on the intro don't worry but (laughs) i won't make you sit through me telling you how great you are it's all gonna be in the intro to this this but uh, (laughs) oh joshy oh yeah i hear every now and again if i hear my name said on your podcast or whatever in a live video if i comment on something that makes me happy um but uh yeah the uh just the fact like for people to hear because again because you're doing so well and like it's it's still interesting for people i i like when people get to hear something like like as much as you're positive like i said even just our mentalities like anytime sometimes we try to carve out a little bit of like pride in ourselves right so like like i said when you're like undeniable based on everything you told me all the explanations just all that i was like yeah that sounds that sounds great and so and it's so paul the amount of people i've heard you give that advice i'm like so paul but it's interesting because like you said your mindset was like people are going to be like you know who's this fucking guy and i i'm not trying to to highlight it or stick with that it's just for anyone listening who, you know, is like myself admires your work and enjoys it. It's like, yeah, you can still be successful. And we still have that mentality. Like 
that people are coming at us. You know what I mean? In the industry, like as much as you see all the people who love you, it's like, I guess it's one of those things where it's almost punches in the ring that are still coming at you that people don't see. You know what I mean? So as much as they see all the good shit happening, they don't necessarily realize that that's stuff that we're working against as well. Yeah. So like, that's all. That's I just, I I thought it was a good example for people to see that. It's like, you can be successful. I, uh, you know, Nathan McIntosh, right? Yeah. Nate was telling a story uh, a while back about how like uh, he was in a green room opening for someone who didn't, he didn't name, but he's like, but if I named him, he's, you know, tip of the top, whatever. And uh, a commercial came on for a movie in the green room. And, uh, and the guy was like, fuck, can you fucking believe that they went with that guy? I was supposed to get that role. And it was like, and Nathan's like, dude, like it's still not enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just never happy. It was just an, it was an interesting thing. So I just, like I said, every now and again, I remind my audience that, that we still deal with that as much as we, we work hard and we have accolades. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's extra motivating and encouraging to see someone like yourself who stays positive all the time, despite that still going on. Yeah, yes. But listen, I would be lying if I said that there weren't things that bothered me. And there are times when I definitely, uh, not that I'm not positive, but there are times when, you know, insecurity will make you question like, dude, make no mistake about it, man, no matter what level you're at. Chris Rock was just on Stern saying that, like, you know, he was insecure and, and, and that there are things that you know, uh, happen with him where like younger comedians have said like there's certain they'll come across a big guy that can easily, that's a legend, that's an icon that can easily like lift them up. But instead, you know, um, you know, for whatever reason, sometimes big guys in this business, if they're a big act, look at up and comers, there's two different types, right? You can have guys that are at a huge level that get up to the to the iconic, to the money, to the arenas or big theaters, like a Burr or a Kevin Hart or a Chappelle or a, you know whoever whoever the, the the list goes on. Yeah, you can have those guys do one of two things: they can see an up and comer that is crushing, and they can go up to them and go, "Hey man, give them a pat on the back and go, love what you're doing, good for you." And then you could get guys that just kind of look at it as a threat or like, you know what, like. Uh, who, I don't want anybody taking my spot. Yeah. And I think to be honest with you, and I'm not even saying that that person's a bad person. I think what it is, listen, man, I think insecurity in this business, I think always be the amount of no's that you get. It's like the door knocking thing. I can knock 30 doors and out of 30 doors, 26 of them are going to be no. But if I knock that, if I get four, my quota is made. I think when you're in a business like that and you reach a certain thing, you kind of want to stay. Yeah. I remember, this is really funny. Do you remember a show on VH1 called Best Week Ever? And it was like Sherrod Small. And it was like a, literally a talking head pop culture. Yeah, thing. yeah. And I remember being like, dude, if I could just get that, right? <laughs> I was like an open mic. And I'm like, if I could just get that, if I could go on VH1 and say two lines on there and have all my friends and family see me on TV. And I'm like, how are these guys not happy and satisfied? And it's like, no, man, you got to, you, you know, there's something good to want to keep getting better. I, I'm sure, I'm sure you and many of your listeners saw the last dance with Jordan. I mean, he was, yes. how insecure that I mean, if anybody wants to talk about insecurity, Michael fucking Jordan, man, is a guy that did still angry if somebody beats him in a board game because his older brother, he felt inferior to his older yeah. brother, who was the only one who kind of beat him and stuff. And he kind of took that in life. So I think life experiences definitely make us a certain way. And I would be lying 
if I said that there weren't times I would see somebody on TV and not that I was hating on them, but I would, I remember one time I saw somebody on the tonight show and, and I called my manager during it going, what the fuck, what's it going to take for me? And, and I'm like, and it's like, no man, that was that guy's, and I'm just, it, cause it's just not in a bad negative way, right? but it's, right. you know, when you feel like you can do something and you're not getting it, you kind of want to ask your team like why? So, but I will say this to your, to you and your listeners, any comedian listening to this, when you truly stop giving a fuck what other comedians are doing and you truly understand that everybody has their story, everybody has their lane and put the blinders on those horses with blinders. Yeah. They're not looking at the other horse. You never see a horse during a race go like this, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're just, <laughs> that'd be a pretty I would love movie. to, I would love to. What the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. That would be nuts if you were like watching the Kentucky Derby and they're like, he's looking back, like taunting, just taunting, you know, but no, um, you know what I'm saying? So those, that's not your story, man. If somebody yeah. gets something or like that guy with Nathan McIntosh in the green room, looking at a trailer of a movie on a commercial and going, you fucking believe that it's like, all that guy needs to do is just say, Hey man, like it wasn't my movie to get and, yeah. and, and let's go on. Well, and it's, and it's funny too, because like, you know, I look at guys like you and I'm like, man, I would love you've, I'm sure you've got guys, you go, man, I'd love to, this sure. guy clearly, it's like, he's apparently at the top of the, he wants this. And it's funny. Cause every now and again, someone will come along, you know, below you and remind you of all that you've accomplished. And you're like, fuck, you know, like, yeah, that, that is pretty, you know, you get to enjoy it for half a second. But in terms of the comparison that you're talking about, like there's a, there's a, I believe it's a Buddhist quote. It's definitely Eastern, but there's one that's just like, uh, they call it say comparison is the death of happiness because the <laughs> soon as you start to compare yourself to anything, you're always going to be able to find a reason why yours isn't good enough. Right. Oh, I made a million dollars. Well, this guy made 2 million. I, you know, I did it when I was 25. Well, he did it when he was 22. You know, I did it in six months. He did in three, you know what I mean? Like there's, you'll always find a reason why what you've accomplished isn't as good as what someone. So like you said, it's like, if you can focus on those blinders and just reflect yeah. and be grateful or whatever, for what you've got going on, it keeps up. Dude, I remember. So when you were here in Ottawa, this is one of the things I, and I laugh about it. Like, again, I, I, I appreciate it. All right. And, and I, <laughs> Jason invited us to go to dinner at Giovanni's, the restaurant here, free plug for them. Who knows if they'll be open after COVID <laughs> he invited us to dinner and Jay used to do that all the time. And he would always take care of it always. So when he invited us, I'm like, yeah, we should go, man. Jay usually da da da. Well, in this case, he didn't, he didn't take care of it. And he's like this. Now we had this like black ink fettuccine, like, like squid ink fettuccine. It was like black <laughs> fettuccine and it was, it was a good meal. Uh, but it was, ex it was, ex it was expensive. And I don't think, yep. I think if, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I know that if I had known I was going to be on the hook for it, I probably could have found a little bit cheaper fucking noodles. <laughs> and I, you know, I wasn't persecuting the black noodles. I just, they were expensive. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But I just remember that, like, I think a few hours later, you and I were having a cigar and a drink at the, the casino yeah. and you turn and look at me like, dude, how good was that fucking meal? And I'm like, that's Paul. Cause even you were kind of like, oh fuck, this is a little, you know? But I'm like, but this guy, I'm still going, fuck, that was expensive. Paul has already turned it into a positive. Dude, how great was that fucking meal? I'm like, that's the attitude that I need to have. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, because you're not going to, like, that's, the, the alternative is just to be bitter. And it was a good meal. And yeah. the nice thing is, you are going to pay for it. At least it's going to be, um, dude, I, not to get bitter, 
or, or not bitter, but uh, what, what's the word? Um, not to get dark on this, sure. but my neighbor was walking just now. You know, we got like two feet of snow here, and I just see my neighbor. And all of a sudden, she's just, you know, I hear her talking, and I out loud, she's on the phone. And uh, she's got her hood up. We're all bundled up, and I'm getting mail and getting Stacy's car out of the snow. And I just hear her go, yeah, my body can't take this treatment anymore, you know. And then all of a sudden, I see her walking. I go, hey, how you doing? And she goes, hey, Paul, how are the kids? And we start talking. And come to find out, you know, she she's sick with cancer. And I didn't know. And I'm just listening. She's talking about how her kids are coming back from college to be with her and, and, and stuff. And I'm just going like, you know, with all the people that died of COVID, and you know, what the fuck am I worried about? Am I worried that am I worried that I don't have an extra few thousand followers? Am I worried that that you know it's like you know something, man? If COVID's gonna teach anybody anything, dude, it's that you you know four hundred thousand people are gonna die from this thing in our country, and mm. and and who knows what the number is worldwide, and who knows what the real number is, whether it's a little less or a little more. Either way, it's been really really brutal this last year. And, and people are getting sick. So um, me and Big J Okerson were in Montreal outside of the um, Club Soda. Club Soda, yeah. Club Soda. Yeah. And I would smoke a cigar. He'd smoke a cigarette. And we were just talking. And he made the point where you made. And it's like, comedians are always worried about they didn't get. And it's like, how about the fact that, you you, you know, we're, we're doing things way past what we probably ever thought when we went to our first open mic. And, but I do, I do have that thing where it's like i gotta you know when people are like what's what's tom brady doing it's like i know what tom brady's doing tom brady is just a guy that got overlooked and was a sixth round pick he's like going for a walk with his dad on day four going dude am i gonna just start putting out applications yeah you know am i gonna be some tall good-looking guy working at dick sporting goods because <laughs> you know and, and 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 then all of a sudden he got the call he's a backup and then he's just like another thing. Aaron Rodgers of the Packers got humiliated sitting in the green room with his mother on draft day and pick after pick after pick. And now look. So I do have the thing where it's like I want to beat this business into submission. Yeah. And if that doesn't, nobody ever does it because time comes and goes and you're gone. But if I can get to a place, I always say like reach for the stars, reach for the moon. And if you come, somebody said reach for the moon. And if you don't get it or something, you're still in the stars. You're still up there. Yeah. Go for as as, as much as, as you can. So like me, I'm looking forward to the next special. I want to, you know, I want to act more. I want to continue doing successful podcasts and moving up. And whatever happens, man, as long as you put in the work that you could control, that's the thing. I can't be worried about what I can't control. Right. Of course. And that's, and that's what kills people. That's what a lot of anxiety is, is worrying about what could happen and trying to control it. And you can't, which is why you can't get rid of anxiety. You're trying to control shit that, dude, that's why, that's what the fear of death is, is, is I don't want this thing to happen. It's like, but you can't control it. It's, you don't have a choice, but so you spend your whole life, dude, I, I suffer from that. It's like, I don't want this to happen. And people are like, for a guy who's worried about death, you sure don't take care of yourself too well. I'm like, yeah, well, hypocrisy is very on brand for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like, <laughs> I don't want to die, but I'm eating that meal. Yeah, I should. I mean, like, well, fuck. If I'm not, I'm, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest. I'm just gonna throw it out there, and then we can talk yeah. in a couple of years why you won't use this as a title. But I love the idea of, dude, how great was that? Dot 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 for your next album because just what you say dude how great was that and you're gonna you know it would sound like you're talking about the special dude how great was that but it's just on brand with that anything better and this and that whatever i think that's gonna do how great was that i'll tell you if it's funny because that's so 
when me and Burr, uh, the great Bill Burr, uh, called me up, well, we were talking, so for years, we talked about doing a show together, right? So he did the Verzi effect for a, hand, a handful of times when we worked together. I did the Money Morning podcast, and we would always have a piece of those podcasts go viral. Right. So it was the time machine thing. It was the he gets emotional thing. We, we toured Canada and we would talk about all these different things and people still would come up to us years later. Mm -hmm. Dude, that time machine thing. Dude, he gets emotional. So we always talked about eventually are we going to do it. But COVID hit. I was doing um, the Verzi Effect and another podcast. He's doing a Money Morning podcast, the Bill Burt with Burt Kreischer podcast. So it's all these different things. And finally, it's a crazy story. I went to Los Angeles weeks before COVID, like mm -hmm. I got there late February yeah. and I got back in early March, right? And I did the comedy store in the main room, packed out, great. I did the Laugh Factory, it was great. We went to a Lakers game, we smoked a cigar where, where the Lakers owner smokes, it was nuts. And I happened to go to Bill's and we did the Money Morning Podcast. Now this is li literally, I'm coming back home like March 4th yeah. and I have to do Levity Live in New York on like the 7th and 8th. So I get home and everyone's going, dude, that Monday morning podcast you guys did once again, the chemistry's great. So finally me and Bill were like, are we going to really wait? And then Bill hit me up and was like, you know what, dude, let's, let's go and, and do it. So we're talking, we're talking to our producer and we're like, what are we going to name this thing? Right. Yeah. And we're going through all these different names and Bill, one thing that Bill would always make fun of me about was Dude, is there anything better than a fucking, you know, a tuna fish sandwich with a bag of chips? <laughs> Something that was just so, you know, and we talked in the last episode about how like I've learned. Because, listen, man, I, Josh, I've been through hell, man. Yeah. You know, the depression that I went through in 2016, the, the I've been, to, and even a lot of things that happened growing up, I've been to really dark, bad places. And then getting out of that and being happy and, and, and doing that. I can literally, and he was like, dude, it's amazing thing you could do. Like, I could like eat a sandwich and fucking look at a tree and appreciate it. So, so he just said something like, uh, you know, hey man, maybe in the, in the trailer, like we'll, we'll get clips of you saying this and me saying this. And if you saw the trailer, he tells a story. And then, um, you know, he would be like, first he's always anything better. And we were going back and forth and I had texted and I was like, dude, you always say that anything better, that can work. And he was like, I kind of like that. And then it just clicked. And yeah. it was just like, and it, it was just, it ended up being perfect. Yeah, man. And I'm, I'm enjoying them so far. Uh, you guys are rolling out uh, at this point where we're recording, this will be, you know, coming out for my, my listeners like six weeks from now, but uh, uh, the, the episodes well, yeah. are good. So hopefully for them, when they hear about this, they can actually absorb like a bunch of the library at that point. What we're really excited about is the first one, um did so well but the second one was even better yeah. and the second one is like so now both are just moving up so but listen man any podcast that works and that's why i can talk to you like this is because i'm familiar with you yeah. and um we've hung out in canada multiple times so when i'm familiar with somebody and people kind of know each other that's what makes it people always say paul you and bobby kelly you and bill burr you and, and so-and-so when you know somebody and yeah. you could talk to them, that's what makes a good, a successful podcast. Some guys that just maybe just know each other. Hey, we should try a podcast that could be good, but like that chemistry needs to be built over time. Right. And, uh, well, and the thing too, is I know that you have episode number 500 of the Verzi effect coming up soon. I'm excited to hear what you've got going on for that. The last time I actually saw you in person was episode 400. 
I came to the the taping in New York. So you and Sal, another another combo of someone you work well with. That was a lot. Yes, that was a lot of fun. And what I like to do is for every milestone episode, um, the Verzi effect has now transitioned to you know uh, video, but you know still talking unacceptables and all that stuff. But yeah, um, but 500 is going to be special. I'm going to have a very special guest and. Um, you know, it's amazing how like that evolved because my podcast at first, like my audio, not that it got stagnant, but for me, like when it was audio before COVID, one thing that I love to do is, and, and your listeners when I, I should know this, mm-hmm. when me and you spoke and I said, any comedian who's not doing a podcast, it wasn't even necessarily for blowing up or getting more numbers. I mean, yes, you want followers and a lot of people that listen to Versi Effect come to my shows, but somebody said to me, watch what happens to your standup. And what people don't understand is we're working a muscle. Imagine talking for an hour or a half an hour with zero response and trying to be entertaining and funny. So now fast forward that years later after working that muscle, now you're on stage in, let's just say Vancouver, I'll just pick a place. And you're in Vancouver and there's 300 people there and you're talking and you're kind of not in the mood to talk about the bit that's on your list. I don't feel like talking about this bit and you see somebody in Vancouver with a funny fucking hat and you just talk to them about their funny hat. Then you start riffing about and all of a sudden that muscle that you're working on this. So the podcast was almost like you were doing a set a once a week alone with zero feedback makes you better on stage. And then I just, you know, evolved with, with the, the video and I built a studio here because of COVID. So. That's actually funny that you, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I told the listeners on the exclusive episode in the box that you, you had told me all of these different pieces. That was one thing that you had said to me too. Why you told me the same thing, watch how much better your standup. And what's interesting to me is I didn't think that it was for the reason that it actually was. I thought, cause you didn't explain that, that you were just saying, watch how much better your standup gets. And I was like, okay. And I assumed it would be like, oh, well, I got to come up with shit every week or whatever. And it wasn't. And I've told people, I go, I didn't realize he wasn't saying that you're going to, your standup's going to get early. You're going to come up with more bits or something. It's that I, I'm at that point now after fuck almost four years now, I talk to my fucking wall for an hour. And I have no idea if it's interested. I have no idea if it gives a fuck. So when I'm on stage and I'm not, I'm not getting laughs every couple of seconds because I'm just talking something out. I'm like, I've even said that before. If I go on for a little bit and I notice we're not laughing, I go, I go, this is fine guys. I talk to my, you know, you cannot laugh at anything I say. I talk to my wall for an hour every week. Like I, this is fine. Well, look at it like this. I go, one person chuckles and I'm already crushing more than I normally do. crazy people who talk to their wall for an hour literally with no microphone you know they're, they're real pros <laughs> yeah. i want so, to stick a podcast in an insane asylum with these people and maybe the the just <laughs> the, the, the live from arkham podcast or whatever and we just that's a hit great. somebody had like the the to somebody in an insane asylum <laughs> was like all right dude i'm just gonna get the greatest i'm just all i need is a laptop and a mic where they allow that you just see that mattress wall ceiling open up and a boom mic comes in. They just start recording. <laughs> Don't sign anything. This is your release form. Not that release, the release so we can use the, <laughs> Yeah, just, that would be so funny. Their day about playing checkers with a crazy person and it would be great. Um, 
well, so I guess I, I mean I, I know we're we're kind of getting close to the top of the hour there, and I and I appreciate you. you oh, whatever, dude. I'm here. Whatever you got. Cool, man. Well, I was just gonna say, like, how is how is it New York? Is New York under lockdown again? Because here in Ontario, yeah. we we were in lockdown. We came out of it. Clubs are opening, plexiglass, this kind of stuff, and then it was like back to lockdown. So we're back in lockdown right now. Yeah, no clubs yeah. are open. I think it's pretty similar to New York. New York was a thing where it was like it got to like. You could do 30% capacity, not no live performances though in New York. That's the thing. So the 30% capacity would, even if there was a comedy club that served food, it would be for that. I see. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, New York and LA and places like that are just really shut down. I think like uh, governor Cuomo in New York said like opened it up again, but like it's a slow thing. Unfortunately, man, like I think the mask thing and I think the, the, the New York thing is going to be, I think we're looking for, you know, for for the foreseeable future, it's going to kind of be slow. But um, luckily, I'm able to go to like, you know, Arizona, Salt Lake City, Texas, Florida. So I'm able to go into these comedy clubs, San Antonio, I was at recently, half capacity. People are, you know, temperature checks at the door, but able to work because before all this, I was going to do a new hour. Yeah. So my hour is like, I'm like locked and loaded like if i get three weekends of week of work in a row i'm ready to go nice it's just it's a matter of when where and and really how with the current situation going on yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and you got a chance i remember for a period of time you were doing some traveling i remember atlanta got canceled because of you'd been in contact with someone who had tested positive whatever and i just want to say if i could again not too much ass kicking but i appreciate that you, I appreciate you setting a good example for other people. A lot of people are struggling. So I can see people, you know, going like, well, do I take the risk and make the money or do I do the responsible thing? And unfortunately, like a lot of people in a lot of industries, we're seeing a lot of people just, eh, fuck it. I need the money. And it's like, yeah, but that's how this shit keeps going. Like if we're all just good bitches for a little while, maybe it'll be over soon. So I, I just, I appreciated that. And I'm sure that couldn't have been an easy decision, but I, I remember seeing that post and just going like, well, thanks man. What was hard about that decision was, um, and this is the truth. I knew that I wasn't going to get anybody sick and I knew I had the antibodies. What that, what the thing with that decision was, and I had a mask on when I did it, I hugged a woman at a gig in Atlantic city that ran at the manager. I hugged her goodbye. Mm-hmm. I had the mask on, I had the antibodies and I've been traveling and stuff and I was just wasn't getting sick again. So I told when I found out that I had antibodies and I was done, I talked to my agent manager. I said, if someplace is safe, I'll go. Okay. And Atlanta was one of them. I went to I was in Atlanta three or four months prior. And I got a call late the night before that that woman tested positive. And I'm packing and I'm like and I'm like it was one of those things too where I was like, I wasn't in the mood to go to the airport. I'm doing this and I'm still going. No. And I just said, let me. I do have to tell the owner. So what I did was, and shout out to Jamie Bendel and Chris Petta from Punchline in Atlanta. I called them up and I said, look, guys, I, I texted Jamie. And I said, found out late last night. I was in a room and, and, and there's around somebody that tested positive. Now, I have antibodies and I'm good, but I, I just don't feel right getting on the airplane without telling you. Mm-hmm. And he called me up and he's like, look, we know you'll probably be fine and you're fine, but let's just reschedule. And I ended up, you know, getting tested and all that stuff. And it was fine. And I found out that not only that, I still have reactive antibodies after all these months, which means I'm good. But it was just one of those things. But make no mistake, people were talking shit that I was working behind my back, but not knowing the circumstances, people. And it's like, listen, you talk all the shit you want. I got kids. I got a career. And uh, somebody said, yeah, you know, just because people want me uh, and they don't want you, you know, 
shut up because like if they were asking you, hey, come and you know, you could make some money during this. I mean, listen, dude, just going months and months without work and having a family and trying to keep your hours hour um fresh. And it's like, dude, if I got antibodies and I had this thing and, and, and I fought it off, knock on wood, thank God I was one of the lucky ones, I'm going to work. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's more of that shit talking. I saw I saw on the uh the I'm trying to plug a lot of the stuff you're doing to it. I uh I listened to to Danny and and Ryan on your podcast because I know those guys from Canada, right? We've worked together before. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And just like it's like they're you know comedians against comedy or whatever. Their their video where it was like comics canceling other comics, but once they get those comics canceled, it's like oh, this festival wants me to do twenty minutes. That's going to be a problem. Like it's like the people who can't do what you do, mad that you're doing. It's like, well, what were you were you going to do it? You're not me, dude. I you know love I mean? those, like what those guys are doing, uh, Ryan and Danny, like. Those guys just basically said, like, this is not cool. And this is this is something that is like really against what your peers are doing. And this is against, you know, it, it's just everything that's that that I don't know if you want to call it the far left or the the, the politically correct, God forbid, the, the yeah. easily offended that whole thing. Those guys just like came there and in a year, the videos that they're making, it's just so funny. And they're fair about both sides. But what they're doing is they're highlighting the lunacy yep. of, of some of the things. And they do it in such a funny way. And Ryan Long said something on the podcast. He goes, well, how come it seems like you're not going so – what did he say on my podcast? He said, you're not going so far – you're not going to attack the right as much right. as you attack like the far left. And he goes, well, that's who's attacking me and my friends. Yep. You know, he was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mock anything that's ridiculous. Like if the far right was doing something, of course, they're going to mock that. And they, they have when they did the, the CNN and the Fox News thing, which was hilarious. They're, they're just basically exposing the overly nuts on both sides in yeah. a funny way. And that's exactly why their YouTube is blowing up, because a lot of people think like that. Yeah. Well, dude, a lot of people are so full of shit. So full of shit, so self-righteous. My position is the, is the right one. Like, dude, the people who are like, okay, so there's two quotes that I, I really resonate with, especially now, just in the time that we're in. One of them is the smallest dogs always bark the loudest. Yeah, so when people are fucking small and weak, they're the, the loudest ones and you can't hear the intelligent people because the little, well, anyways, that's one of them. But when it comes to all of this over censoring and everything like that, like I'm egalitarian, I'm not right. I'm not left. I just believe that everyone deserves a fair shake. Not that they get one. I'm not saying that's how life works, but I think that you deserve one. Everyone deserves a seat at the table. I don't care your race, creed, whatever it is, gender. Yeah. I don't care. I'm going to judge what your merit is based on what you say, not what you look like or where you're from or whatever it is. But yeah. the, the quote that I heard a few years ago when all this stuff started coming out, whatever, the oversensitivity, some of it's merit, like some, some things need to be talked about, but just like you say anything and it's a, a word is, uh, those that can't control their emotions want to control other people's behavior. And so all these people going, they get upset. So it's not, oh, well, I got to look at myself or maybe I'll, it's, I don't like that. You don't do it. Right. So, yeah. Well, you know, one thing that's happening with me and I really learned, you know, one thing that I had a, not a hard time with, but I'm such a prideful guy and, and I'm, and I'm a real guy. I'd like to say, um, as I'm getting more popular, um, there's definitely been some, you know, a small, very small percentage, thank God. But, you know, because a lot of people like what I do, but there's definitely been some hate because that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, I would do this thing and people are like, dude, you just cannot. I remember when I'll say this came out, people told me you're going to reach enough. You've reached you're now you're going to reach another level. Yeah. 
and there's going to be an adjustment period because now it's on a national level and it's going to be on a level where people are going to you're going to hear negative things you just are you know it's it's what it is it's life and listen you can't please everybody nor should you right. you know if every single if 100% of people love what I'm doing I'm doing something wrong because it's like I don't there are certain people that you just you don't want to appease right right but I would, but I'm a, you know, I'm taking personal. I was like, you know, this person doesn't fucking know me. I'm a Sicilian lunatic. So I'm like, this, I'm a Sicilian and Greek lunatic. I want revenge. And like, I want to sit down with these people. So I would, <laughs> if, if I would get drunk, Josh, I would yeah. get, oh, Josh, I would get drunk. No, I would, I would like drink a couple glasses of red wine and I would scroll and I'd see like 97% good shit. Good, and then good, I'd good. One motherfucker go like. Verzi's just not that funny and he doesn't deserve and this thing. And then I would go, you know, eat a dick. You hate and you fucking, I would just say something. Right. And then I gave them power. Right. And then what happened was they would come back and one guy, one guy got me good. He goes, why are you even responding? It was like, it was, it was, it was literally like, I want to, if I ever see or talk to that guy, I'm going to be like, dude, that was, that was like, he goes, why are you? So I did it, you know, and now like this podcast with Bill is starting to really be big and you know, it's, it's Bill Burr. But what people don't understand is they see, oh, I'm doing a podcast with Bill Burr. What people don't understand is like, did you ever think for a second, Bill hit me up? Right. Like that's what people don't understand. Like, did you ever think for a second, like, hey man, I want to do it with me and you got a good chemistry. I want to talk sports with you. I want to talk comedy with you, whatever it is. I think we're going to have a good thing with comedy and sports. Let's do a podcast. Yeah. People don't see they're like, oh, Bill Burr is, you know, he's a generation ahead of me. He's a, he's a legendary, he's a great, one of the best stand-ups there is maybe ever, you know, or people would put him in an argument. And right. then here you go, I'm this up-and-comer who's like 10 years behind him, a generation behind him coming up, but he wants to work with me. He believes in me. They yeah. don't see that. So they'll say something, but I heard that motivational guy, you know, Gary V. Yep. Vaynerchuk. And I heard him, and I heard him say, Vaynerchuk, yeah, I heard him say something today, which was amazing. Uh and it was weird. I was like in the bathroom taking a piss and I just put my phone down without any sound. And I'm literally just not thinking my phone is on. And all of a sudden I hear this voice and it's him. And he goes, if you go to my content and you look at my content and then you come at me starting to say negative things about me after you going through my content, yeah. he goes, that's not a reflection of me. That's a reflection of you. Yes. And, and I'm just like, and I'm like pissing and I looked over and I'm like, that's profound. Uh, and it was like, yes. Yeah, so People are going to say what they're going to say. People, yeah. and, and I've learned it. And listen, it, I was not good. I'll be the first to admit that I was a type of guy where it's like, if you say something about me personally, oh, fuck Verzi, I find him boring. I don't find him this. He just got this because of that. All of those things. I was like, well, dude, you don't know me because if you sat down and knew me, you wouldn't be saying that. But yeah. that's not reality. Right. That's not, I, I can't sit down with the world. Right. So I need to understand that that's going to happen and allow that to happen. And now I have. So now we get all these reviews, we get all these numbers. I know there's going to be amazing things said, and it's way more positive, but there's going to be a handful of people. And listen, there's going to be a handful of people that don't like me. They don't think I'm funny, yeah. and they don't like me. Fine. And, yeah. and, and that was part of the thing where I'm going, oh, man. That's why I love what you just said, the, the little dogs. Oh, barking. smallest dogs bark the loudest, buddy. And they, 
look at these people and they got like fucking 36, 37 followers. And I'm like, I'm worried about this guy. This guy's <laughs> probably got an ugly wife. You know, I hope his kids are ugly. I hope Sir, I hope your children love you. I hope your wife is faithful to you. But you're a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. I know that about you. <laughs> yeah. Listen, man, a lot of people that don't do like to critique people that do. Of course. Absolutely. Like it's, it's almost like a, those who, those who can do those who can't teach. And I'm almost yeah. like, what do those who can't teach do blog tweet? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Those they just yeah. keep, they keep going down there. It's like, okay, you can't do any of that shit. It's funny because what you're saying about Gary V is actually a, a quote, uh, a story of Buddha, uh, when Buddha was teaching and, and there Are was, you a Buddhist, by the way? if I was going to be anything, I would be yeah. more Eastern philosophy. Here's here's my reason behind. If you don't mind me okay. telling you, bring up a lot. That's why I asked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I it's it's only that it's made the most sense. I mean, the last ten years trying to find peace and fear. Like, there's a lot of Buddhist shit that just makes sense. What I like about anything Eastern, Taoism, Taoism, Buddhism, all that, is that they're not like praise this person. Even like Buddha was a teacher. He he isn't somebody that you worship. Right. So they're not giving you somebody that you have to listen to, that you have to worship, that you have to praise anything good happens to you. It's all because like, it's not that it's just, here's a guy who is a fucking walking quote machine that just kind of puts shit in perspective. Basically that's, that's what I like. And I also like the Eastern stuff because like they were saying for years before science proved it, that we all come and go from the same energy. We're all part of a same thing, whatever, da, da, da. And like, that's it right? Like whatever you do to someone else can come back on you. And then science came along later and proved that energy can neither be created nor destroyed, merely change forms. That's literally what their religion said years before science could prove it. And they're not preachy right. about it. They're not telling you, you got to do what I say. You got to pray. That, that's what, that's what I like is it's still the same lessons as all of the, the, the theology stuff for Christianity. They're not bad things. They all have the same lessons, treat other people who want to be treated. Anyways, but the, the Buddhist story that I heard was when Buddha was spreading his teachings, there was all the Brahmin who, if you ask me, I honestly don't know what a Brahmin is. I assume they're like the, the higher ups of the, the area at the time, but the Brahmins were like the, the Lords, the royalty, the, the elite. And I think he, he hosted, um, he was doing a teaching and some guy, one of the Brahmins came to him and said, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I assume it's different vocabulary, but you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're, I, love you, I love how you turn that guy into a guy from Brooklyn. You fucking, this, this, you this fucking guy, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he was like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're full of shit. I know you're full of shit and da, 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 da. And he's, and then, and then he said to the Buddha, like, why aren't you getting mad? Why aren't you arguing with me? And he said, well, let me ask you a question. If I, if I hosted a dinner and then I invited you over to my house and, and offered you my, you know, my food, you know, uh, and you didn't want it, whose food would it be? And he's like, you know, would it still be mine? And he goes, yeah, it would still be yours or whatever it is. And he goes, well, that's how I feel about, you know, uh, that's how I feel about your criticism. I don't accept it. It's still yours. Your hate. I don't accept it. It's still yours. You know what I mean? And that's what he talked about was saying that anytime you accept that criticism, that hate, those naysayers, you're breaking bread with them. Do you know what I mean? So that's the whole idea is that you're, you're sitting at the table and you're, you're engaging in it with them, your hate and whatever. Yeah. So Gary V said a much shorter version of it. You go seek my shit and then you hate it. Like it's, that's on you. It's that's, that's Buddhism. That's Buddha saying like, your hate is yours. If I engage with it, then I'm, I'm sharing it and I don't want it. It's all yours. 
Yeah, man. And like, I, I, I made some mistakes, dude. And I, and I, I definitely attribute them to, you know, I mean, not hammered, but a couple of glasses of wine and somebody that wrote something that bugged me and I'm going, well, Hey man, fuck, you don't know me. You yeah. know? And it's like, that guy could be literally sitting in New Mexico. I'm never going to see him, you know? And, and it's like this and some, somebody, but you know what? A lot of fans were like, what's the hate with Paul? It's like, if you yeah. don't like Paul, the podcast, just don't listen. Yeah. I'm just trying to think if you like, if you had video of you sitting there swirling your Cabernet, trying to come back and they're like, what's with the wine? You fucking cocks. Like, you know what I mean? You just, <laughs> it's like that. Why are you responding? And what's with the, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. I'd let, you know, no, dude, when that one guy goes, dude, only, only a douche. Why are you respond? Dude, it was really funny. You got me. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I, I was like, yeah. When he said like, dude, why are you even responding to this? And it's like, yeah, you gotta be, um, somebody said Crystalia. I mean, he's going through his own thing right now, but Chris D'Elia said something where he would get, a, you know, Chris D'Elia was getting a lot of hate before, before what happened. Yeah. There was a lot of, there was a lot of, like, I guess he did on his podcast where, you know, he would go on Rogan or he'd go on these big platforms and there's going to be people that hate and say things that are mean. Right. And he said something like that. His wife said something like, do you think Tom Cruise would ever, right? Like, do you think Tom Cruise or somebody like that would ever, not saying that us as comedians are A-list movies, but do you think that any of those people that are doing something bigger and are out there doing what they do, so many people are also very probably jealous. One thing I've learned is people get jealous when they look at somebody who actually had the balls to go after their dreams. You know, there's probably somebody jealous that, oh, wow, this guy's got three podcasts. And I would like to do one and I don't have the balls or courage or know what to do. So yeah. I'm just going to shit on all this stuff. So there, there, there is that aspect, um, you know, of it. But what's funny is it's true. Somebody like Will Smith or Tom Cruise, they get, there's a bunch of hate for those guys. You think they would ever going to just go to their mansion, laugh it off. And that's, that's what you do. Um, oh, yeah. But you made me, think of, you made me think of something really funny because you said Buddha <laughs> was like, like a walking quote machine. Yeah. But you know what's funny is they were probably guys that were like the opposite that were like hanging around, like trying to say these like amazing things. And people were just like, nah, dude, it's, you know, Buddha's got it. Like you don't have to, no, just hear this. Like, just hear this no, one. No, like, it's a, I got a good one. I got a good one. No, I, got a, I got a good one. It's about like how you, you, you know, getting food for your family. It's like, dude, Buddha, just, just find your own thing. dude. <laughs> he was the Jordan of quotes. <laughs> Like, yeah, like Buddha was the Jordan of quotes and this guy was like trying to get in the league. Oh man. I just, I dig that stuff. Like, because I mean, that's, I find in all honesty, the reason I, I like those quotes, but I just, I like quotes in general. And I think that's one of the things that comics do. Like when we challenge shit and whatnot, not to like try to make it serious or whatever, but, but I always used to find that like when I got into an argument about something like just our discussion argument is a fair word, but it always sounds aggressive, but just in a discussion or an argument with something, the amount of times that I would support my argument, not with like a doctor said, or the Bible said, or, or, you know, Senator, whatever said, like the amount of times that I would quote a comic to make the most sense of a particular topic or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. quote, co- quote Carlin on something or quote, quote Jim Jeffries on something or quote yeah. Stan, like just somebody who's like, they cut through the bullshit, right? Because those, I find that those other facets are like, Ooh, here's the sterile diluted. Like, what did you actually say? Like you said a lot of stuff, but I didn't really get anything out of it. 
Whereas like comics, it's like the economy of words forces you to make your point and make it so that everyone understands what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Well, the good ones do that. And the good ones will allow people to, to, to do that, man. And, and look, we live in a life is not perfect. The world is not perfect, but, um, one piece of advice I can give to people that, um, whether they do comedy or they're doing good in any job that they have, whether they're in the corporate world or whatever, is that when people, when you are succeeding, when you are moving up, whether you're going up the steps slowly or you're running up them, if you're continuously moving up and because of that, you're getting hate, that just means you're winning. And that just means successful and you're winning you know it's you're never the 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 bigger you get there has to be that other than all these great there it's it's like the balance of life yeah it it makes sense that the numbers are bigger not everybody's a great person and that has to happen so what people can take comfort in is knowing oh not only is the smallest dog like you said i love that has the loudest bark but that means that that dog kind of knows you're beating them yeah and when you can put that into it and go, oh, man, I'm kind of making moves now, you know, I'm, I'm making moves now. It's a nice thing to know. But listen, all of that, again, needs to be in the rearview mirror. It's just there is an adjustment period. If, if your podcast, this podcast we're on right now, if this podcast becomes the number one podcast in Canada or a top 10 podcast in Canada, right. it's impossible for there not to be people that have podcasts in Canada to not hate on the one man podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting. And I love that you said the rear view one. Like I, the reason I the reason I, I love the quotes. It's almost like the quote the guys with the quotes are like just like one liner philosophers. They're just not funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's all these one liner guys. The danger fields of philosophy. But yeah. uh, but when you said the rear view, like it's it's a it's a thing too. Just in terms of uh, one of the quotes I love is when you're talking about like your mentality about like the past and and whatever. It's like one I like is like you know there's a reason that the rear view mirror is so much smaller than the windshield. You know what I mean? Is so there's so much more forward to see oh, and, and Josh, looking back. You're oh, you're killing it. With <laughs> no, but like it's really true. It's like you know, imagine being a marathon runner, right? And you know the people along the sides that are giving you water and like doing that, and like you know they're just these out of shape fucks who just have no fucking desire to do what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, and there's exactly. gotta be there right and there's gonna be a lot of people going yeah josh or yeah paul go and they hand you water there might be one dick going like you still suck right and why did you leave your house to tell me that (laughs) but you know what when you when they're all the way far behind they're still there not achieving something not burning any calories and they're just there yeah and you're you're moving forward. So all of these things. And you know what's funny about quotes and people saying like, oh, well, that's a cliche thing. Anytime something is corny or cliche, it kind of is for a reason because yeah. I bet you every book you read on a Fortune 500 company CEO or a big time uh, political leader, whether yeah. it be a president or a senator, all of those books of somebody that has done Gary V, all of those books have that because it's like, yeah, it might be corny or cliche, but guess what, guys? That's how the fuck I got here. Yeah. I I got here because of those quotes. I'm I'm above I'm I am winning in the game that I'm in. Yeah. Or I'm moving up. I'm moving up, I should say, in the game that I'm in. 
we all have a lot of work to do. Yeah. The best comedian in the world. I bet you Dave Chappelle and 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 I bet you before Richard Pryor, you know, died, rest his soul when Richard Pryor was at his peak. George Carlin, I know he was. Yeah. Always going, I can get better, I'm gonna get better. Yeah. But when you're when you're moving up in the game that you're moving up, there's a reason why. And all of these philosophies and saying come in. Now there's gonna be negative people listening to this podcast going, fuck Josh, fuck Paul. I got passed over at that club yeah. just because the guy was fucked. They he was they were in a relationship. Like there's gonna be some negative thing. Let him guys put it behind you and move forward. Absolutely. I tell people all the time, if you listen to any successful person, they don't do a Ted talk where they say, I got to the top by bitching and whining and complaining about what everybody else got focused only on what everyone else was getting. I whined. And then one day UPS showed up with the contract for my big success. Here's how funny all- would that be? There was a book about that. Because like how I, how I was negative to the top. Yeah, it's just like a guy bitch your way to the top. <laughs> I, I love how I, I love how I was a hypocrite because I'm going like, listen, you got to be positive, and these nobodies are just barking like a small dog, <laughs> and I'm drinking and I'm drinking two glasses of Cabernet, going eat a dick, you fucking nobody with your 36 followers <laughs> and your ugly wife. That was my favorite part. I hope I hope his wife's ugly. I hope he has to, I hope she's ugly and he has to fuck her face to face with his Dude, eyes I, open. Lights on. (laughs) I would scroll through pictures hoping their family was just hoping it was just a bad job and just a bad situation, like a shitty, like a 1997 Nissan, you know, that was. (laughs) fucked up just <laughs> i'm up i'm up rear view mirror i'm past. oh my god it's so funny i was thinking of something lately because there's so many people yelling at each other too right we all know this whatever the subject whatever the group is and everything that everybody's yelling about there's merit to all of it you know what i mean too like i, th- I thought of this when we were talking about just the comics that are like why isn't this person you know why is this person upset scrolling through tweets or whatever i was saying that's kind of almost the curse of being an artist is like a comic can get on stage in a packed room of 200 people and 199 of them are dying laughing dying laughing and there's one guy at the table with his arms crossed and we're sitting there you know in our heads going what the fuck's wrong with this guy what's his fucking problem and i'm like 200 people that is 99.5% of the room laughing. That is A plus with honors results in my work. And we're yeah. focused on the one, the one guy that's not laughing. Well, and, and I, because do you want to know? Yes, know absolutely. Absolutely. I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Want, it fit me. It, it, it hit me. The reason why. All right. And this is heavy, but I believe it. That one guy that's sitting there with his arms crossed, purposely not laughing. When 199 people are laughing, that one person represents our insecurity and our self-worth. Mm. In a way. So what happens is we want to know why that guy is not with the 199 for whatever reason, because our insecurity is going like, maybe he's right and they're wrong. I was thinking that I'm like, I hope he said, yeah, that's the whole thing, dude. And I... It's much as that sucks. Like I can always tell again, I'm, I'm, I'm a generation behind you stand up wise, but for, as a guy who booked the open mics for almost 10 years of just seeing new people every single week, all the time, just, you'd always see, you know, as people were getting better, you could see who was going to be a comic and who wasn't. Cause the guys who would get off stage and be like, man, I fucking destroyed or whatever it all it is, whatever, you know, and they, they did okay or poorly. 
And then the person who did well, and I don't mean crush, but they just, they just did really well, whatever. And they're coming off stage going, I fucked up that line or whatever it is. I'm like, that's, that's the comic. The one who's not satisfied with it. And it's not to say they hate it and they're going to quit, but it's just, I I always say that's the curse of the artist because as an artist, you want to get better. So your perspective is what could I have improved on as opposed to, oh, look how great I am. Cause, um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you're just like, I want to know what I can improve on, what I can work on, what I can get better. And the other guy's like, I'm great. Well, if you're great, then that means there's nowhere for you to improve. There's nothing to work on. And they say safe is dead. As soon as you think you're safe you're fucking done. You're toast. Yeah, no, that's, that's the truth, man. The guys, the guys that get off, like, you know, even Rodney Dangerfield, uh, there was this thing where my first manager knew him. My first manager, uh, when I was younger, um, he said, uh, Tony Camacho, shout out to Tony Camacho. Uh, he said, Rodney Dangerfield got off stage and murdered and he was just distraught. And they're like, what, Rodney, what are you talking about? Cause ah, man, I should have, I should have. I shouldn't have said the there. Yeah. I shouldn't have said the there, and it's like, and that's the thing, man. And, and it is. It's like you're you're always want to improve. You always want to get better. Um, I I just think that there are just certain people. Um, I've mentioned this before uh, many times on, on podcast. Rest his soul, but guys like Kobe Bryant, guys like Tom Brady, guys like Derek Jeter, guys like Jordan. There are certain people that just, it's never good enough. Yeah. Um, I have to win. I'm going to win. And if I don't, I need to find out why. And then there's people that are delusional and think they're the shit if they do a set that's a five yeah. or a six. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Those people that'll ask somebody like you after a show, a new guy, because I'm sure you're, you're headlining, you got opening spots or whatever. And someone go, hey man, what did you, what did you think of my set? And they're not asking it because they actually want real feedback. They're hoping you're just gonna go, oh, it was great. Like that's that's just what they want to hear. So when you give them some real stuff that they can work with, they're like, uh, oh, you know what I mean? Like they're almost like, oh, like I, like I just I just wanted you to tell me I, I was just amazing. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to hear the shit that they need to be able to 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 improve and and get better. I'll uh, I'll leave you I'll leave you with this. This was just something I was I was gonna alluding to it a little earlier. Um, if we're still good on time i saw the, the the phone i don't know if you got a call coming in or something oh, no no um, no, no. It, uh, it was saying that my battery was 20 percent. i'm good. okay okay is i just and the reason i'm, I'm bringing it up with you it's a little uh i guess polarizing for people but it's positive the reason i wanted to bring it up with you is that you're the kind of guy like i said like sometimes some dark shit comes up but i always find that you're a dude who can turn it into a positive that fucking black spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> whatever uh the fettuccine but it's uh this was something i was thinking about and i'm like right now everyone's yelling at each other doesn't matter if it's if it's the lgbtq plus community or, or black lives. people are finding things to fight about and argue about yeah. um and um something that was just of interest to me have you ever heard of the three stages of truth i might have heard of the three stages of truth but i've never you know, I've heard of the, I've heard of the stages of grief, I've right, heard the stages right. of, of de- but I've, I never knew what they were. I was never told. Yeah. So this is one, this is one that I thought was interesting and I thought it was more common, but, but for what it's worth, a shitload of people haven't heard of it. So it might be good for me if I'm writing this into a bit or something, but, um, the three stages of truth are, uh, ridicule, uh, violent opposition 
and finally acceptance. Just like grief, the last one is acceptance. But the idea is that anything that is considered true goes through those stages. So for example, I mean, even though it's being argued now, but like, you know, hey, the world is round. It's like make fun, then it's the violent opposition to the idea, and then of course, finally acceptance. And everything that is considered true and normal now goes through these stages. And so- the positive, I was talking with someone and I was trying, I try to see if I can find the positive in any situation. And I'm like, with all of these arguments, you know, uh, with, with these communities and these, and these movements that are important is that the fact that, you know, people are making jokes, the fact that people are arguing and things are getting kind of heated is I'm like, the positive is that you're going through the stages of truth, which means that the good news is when this shit is over acceptance is on the other side of it. And, uh, and yes, it sucks, but guess what? Nobody gets to sidestep it. Nobody, whether it was woman's suffrage or sla- or whatever it was, nobody got to sidestep all the things necessary, all that shit to get to the part where it's accepted. And now it's, it's just right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So yeah, I thought yeah. that's just something I wanted to, to, to share with you because I thought that it's, it's of all the things we're all fighting about is like, look, if we're going to, we're going to have all this shit going on. Let's just remind ourselves that the, the positive to be taken from it is it means we're going through it. Cause there are still causes that, that were, you know, we were aware of long before some of these other ones that are still barely in the, the, the ridicule phase, right? Like people still just make fun of vegans. Like the idea of not killing something to eat it is ridiculous. I'm not saying that I, I believe that I'm, I'm like I said, I'm a hypocrite. I I would like to not kill animals, but bacon and meat is delicious. You know what I mean? And someday people will try to come back on us. Like we were fucking animals for doing it. Yes. Yeah. I think too, uh, Josh is that, um, Every time I talk, say your name, I want to go, oh, Josh, what it is, is people, a lot of people, and a perfect example of, of what I'm saying is how divided at least my country is, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on exactly politically in your country, but my country right now, and, and we're so, it's so funny, we're very different, we're so close to each other, but, you know, the United States of America is 51-49 every four or eight years, and either the right gets the 51 or the left gets the 51. We are too. We are too. And, and, okay. So, yeah. and, and it's just back and it's just back and forth yeah. and it's just back and forth. And the, and the real truth is, and I was talking to people about this. We had a dinner, we had a dinner company come over for dinner, our neighbors who just got over COVID and stuff. So we all had antibodies like, why don't you come over for dinner? And we were talking and um, wasn't getting crazy political, but it was talking about, it's kind of funny to me that, you have the far right, or you have the—I don't want to say far right. right you have right. the right and the left. You have the right and the you left. You have the small dogs on both sides. And it's funny, right? But it's funny that when the independent runs, the person that kind of is talking the way me and you are talking, which I find very logical, mm-hmm. and I find very, very down to earth. And okay, I see points here, and I see points there. Where could we meet in the middle to get the majority to be on board? Right. Right. And that candidate gets like 3%. They're laughed out of that. They're laughed. They're laughed at. You're like, oh, that reflects. No, no, no. It's going to be, it's going to be Trump or Biden. And there's going to be wars on both sides. And then it's like, but what about this one person who thinks like that we could do it? And it's weird. You want to know what it really comes down to? There's truth to things, but the, 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 but people make it absolutes. Right. So I guess what I'm trying to say is this. You cannot like Donald Trump. Um, and I'm not making this political. I'm just using examples. You can let, not like Donald Trump. And you could say that Donald Trump is, is all these different things and his rhetoric. But 
then people are going to say he's Hitler when Hitler killed 9 million people. Right. You could say Joe Biden is a communist socialist and he wants to tear apart this, this country. And you're like, okay, but, but A, he grew up in this country. Why would he want to do that? So right. maybe you don't like some of the things he's doing. And maybe there's some merit in the things that you don't like about both candidates. Right. But there's definitely, it's definitely not what the worst isn't the worst of it. And the best isn't the best of yeah. it. And, and people can't come to that even in anything in life, like vegans or like, like anything. Yeah. It's like, this person is not as good or great as you think. You know, and they're not as bad and awful as you think on any side. It's just people pick that side. Yeah. This is my team. You're all nuts. Go fuck yourself. Everybody's crazy. And, and you get into that army. And once you put that army's uniform on, you're in that army. Right. Listen, I eat steak. I eat steak and I eat meat. Do I think vegans are all crazy and weak? No, I mean, listen, the ones that like will protest outside of a restaurant, that's a little <laughs> fucked up. Of course. You know, it's of course. It's like, let me eat my fucking medium rare yeah. prime rib in, in happiness and peace, but I'm not going to go stand outside of a fucking vegan restaurant with a sign going like these plant. I'm not going to do that right. because I understand what you're doing. Yeah. Just lead by example. If you don't want to eat meat, you don't eat it. Uh, back to Gandhi, another Eastern guy, be the change you want to see in the world. If the change you want to see in the world is everyone yelling at everybody else, that's crazy, but you can lead by example. Just do your own thing. And, and all I was saying with those guys is just that like some of those causes that we were well aware of before, they're still in the ridicule phase. People are still just making fun of vegetarians, making fun of vegans. They're not anywhere closer to the violent opposition part and the, you know what I mean? So it's like, so when you're in that, as much as it sucks, like I'm the butt of a joke or whatever it is, and I'm not justifying it. I, you get that. I don't have to preface for you. My listeners get that, but it's yeah. just one of those things where I'm like, if, if, if you're going through that and you feel like, when is anyone ever going to just know that if you're in it, you're waist deep in it you're also waist deep in the, the journey towards acceptance, which is a good yeah. thing. Cause a lot of other causes would love to be further along in their acceptance. Cause again, nobody sidesteps that, you know what I mean? You got to go through it. So basically the, the, the three steps of truth are so ridicule. When you, what's that ridicule, uh, right. violent opposition and then acceptance. Yeah. So give an example of it, like with something that you would say is a truth, Give an example of something that you would say is a truth that went through those three stages. Um, I would say the women's suffrage movement, right? When women wanted the right to vote. It's like the idea of like, oh, you want to vote? Then what do you want next to work? Like all these different things. It was like, it was like, make fun of them. And they were like, no, we're serious. Like, and then of course the protests and all those things like that, like that's, that's the violent opposition. These great. And then, and then finally it's like, and now like you and I, we, we both were raised by women that we, we respect tremendously. We have women in our lives that we, we respect and appreciate as strong. So to you and me, like to me, it was crazy. The idea that someone would think a, a woman was lesser, like that's just insanity. I'm not, I'm not walking around calling myself a feminist by any means, right, but, right. but I, to me, like, I don't need to go around calling myself a feminist. I, I always have seen women as equal. In fact, I, there's women that I, I think the person I admired most is female. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not like, going to lie to you. My wife is so smart and strong. The thought of her not reading or knowing anything would be fantastic. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no right. she, yeah, my wife is so much like the strong opposition of like anything that we were talk, talking about there yeah. that I would be like, hey, can you tone it down a bit? No, but dude, oh, I, yeah. I agree with, no, I agree with you a hundred percent. And that's a great example. It's like, you're making fun of something that is just like, 
what do you it's it's almost like the the, the dumb villagers that are walking with pitch like with with the with the what's the thing the torches, the torches and pitchforks yeah torches and pitchforks and they're going this and you're going like this is just common like how could you 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 don't agree with this <laughs> right you you don't agree with that women should vote and they're equal. It's like, yeah, dude. And that's, and then finally, yeah, the, yeah. The that's really, dude, you gave me a couple of really good ones on this, um, on this podcast that just make you go like, yeah, that's a really great, well, listen, you're, you're influenced by Eastern philosophy. <laughs> well, I, dude, I always say this, always say this whenever I share this stuff, I'm just parroting smarter people. I'm just, I heard it. I'm repeating it. I am not. Yeah, but it's but it, like like I said, but I the reason I brought it up with your episode, like, this is stuff that I've wanted to talk about in my episode. And again, talking to the wall, wall doesn't give a fuck. I sit there going, the wall agrees with me, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But the reason I, I'm bringing up some of this stuff with you is because, like I said, hard worker, positive dude, not and and this is something that I've said to a lot of strong people in my life. Yourself, well, I'm saying it to you now, but you're you're in that group is just because you you're positive and you've accomplished shit. There's a lot of people out there who are positive just because they're positive doesn't mean that it was fucking easy. Like you no. still got to get up and you still got to coach yourself and you got to, you got to drag yourself through the mental mud every day. And just because the end result that everyone else gets to see is good. Doesn't mean that those people aren't soldiers plowing through their own shit every day. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, I appreciate that. And like, that's why, you know, um, I, I see things that some people don't really get to see and in my business and being here and like, so I'm dear friends with Pete Davidson, you know, mm. and the reason I bring that up is because Pete Davidson is one of the most special, nice, misunderstood people. You know, he dates an international pop star and he gets all this shit. And he, you know, he goes on weekend update on SNL and he'll say something to upset people. Dude, that guy is a dear friend of mine. Pete's going to be directing. Pete asked to direct my next special. And, like, you talk to this guy and you hang with this guy. And you're like, man, this is, like, just a cool dude who's just, you know, and you just get to see, like, wow, like, what he goes through. And, and, and you see what other people go through. And, and I was in the worst depression of my entire life. One year before I shot, I'll say this. And I remember my buddy Giannis Papas going, you're going to be stronger when you get out of this. And, dude, when I tell you, you know, and, and this is to help people. I'm saying this to help people because I know a lot of people here in, in that, that know me uh, in the States know this and that are fans. But for the people that are listening to your show, I was 90 days in a bedroom to go to the refrigerator was a lot, Josh. Mm -hmm. To go get a glass of water was a lot. I never thought it, it was like a clinical fog. dude. I was just like the thought of being able to sit and do this podcast with energy yeah. and be okay in life was so far away and and I was down and I, I was hurt and my, I had a hard time looking at my family because I didn't know if I'd be around and all of these different things. I thought I was dying, all these things. And you just trust the people that you love. Don't be afraid of help. Don't be afraid to talk to somebody. Don't be afraid to try anything that could help, whether it's a medication or it's, it's, um, therapy once a week or, or, you know, eating and sleeping right. And all the things that come to changing the chemicals in your brain yep. in order to get out of that depression. But not only did I get out of it, I had some of the most amazing times after it. So anybody listening to this dude, if you're a performer, if you're whatever you do in life, if you get there, 
knowing that you'll be okay and knowing that you got to trust yourself and all that stuff. Um, cause it, when I tell you I was in hell, so, and again, to, to bring this full circle about what we were talking about at the beginning is, um, the alternative is, is, is something that I won't accept because I've been in a dark place and it's much happier and more fun to be in this place that I'm in now. Um, Nothing is guaranteed to anybody. Right. COVID has showed us that. COVID has showed us that people can, so healthy people, you find out a healthy person or somebody that's 50 years old or 45 years old, and you're like, what, gone from COVID, what? And yeah. people like my neighbor getting sick with cancer, my mom, you know, so all those things, man, it's just like, there's no, just live life and enjoy it, man. Go after what you want to go after because if you don't and you're just sitting there, it's like, you're, you're going anyway. Yeah, yeah. You're you're going anyway, so go out there and 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 fucking get all of it, man. Get all of it and and enjoy it, and and that's kind of where I'm where I'm at right now. Thanks, buddy. This was fucking awesome. Course, my pleasure, dude. You know, anytime for you, and uh, you're really great at what you do on the podcast. You're you. It sounds like a really good show and radio show host. So um, good luck with it. If you need anything, man, hit me up. Any advice, anything, hit me up, man. I'm, I'm my my phone is always open. That was my chat with Verzi, guys. I hope you enjoyed. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, contact the one man podcast.com. Really appreciate that, guys. Uh, there's still some collector's boxes available. So if you've seen the the pictures on Instagram and things like that, and you're interested in one commemorating the 200th episode, there's still a few left. Uh, but again, you can send me an email if you're interested or message on Instagram, whatever it is. Appreciate the love for all the people who've picked one up and all the posts and everything like that. Uh, having an absolute great time. Appreciate you guys being here. And uh, I look forward to chatting with you again soon.
No, I 